Download episodes of previous shows. Welcome to the podcast. It is the Raya podcast. Somehow we made it through an entire show today. And so there's actually a podcast for you to listen to. You guys won't know like everything, but you ever have one of those mornings where everything has gone wrong? Not like the worst, but just enough to really make you afraid for the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah. It's a tough morning. It's, it's still a tough early. morning. There's still a lot of time for I, non-show things to be I a problem. Know. I feel like because we've had so much go wrong or just be extra hard this morning that I don't want to see any of you guys soon. I don't yeah. know it'll happen again. And it's like this triangle of doom. Well, Isaiah's taking a trip to Gatlin. Limburg. Yeah, today. Yes. So hopefully that will go all according I'm to I'm just play. hoping that it doesn't just continue today. Hopefully the <laughs> drive down there goes smooth. And once I get there, hopefully I'm leaving all of the bad luck or whatever yeah. we have today here yeah. at Radio U. Well, hopefully it, I know, it's like in some horror movie. It's a cloud that goes from yeah, one to another and I don't want it. It can I go saw somewhere else. so many bears there last weekend and Isaiah is going to wind up like, He's going to see the I'm bears. Gonna rest you know? there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, in the podcast today, we do talk about, we did a riot food fight. So mm-hmm. as we recommend many times, check out Radio You Riot on Facebook for you to watch that when we're done with the podcast. We try the new Apple Chris Macchiato from Starbucks mm-hmm. and stuff happens with that. Yeah. <laughs> That just couldn't go so smoothly. There is a lot involved with it. So listen to the podcast and then head over there to watch our food fights. What else do we have? We also talked about, and I didn't even know this was happening. And I've played Fortnite, not recently, (laughs) but decently recent, I guess. Uh Uh, But there's a new, is it a new character? Or like, how are they doing this? He's just there. He's just there. So there's a new person in the game and you will never in a million years guess who it is. We'll just tell you. It's uh, Martin Luther King Jr. (laughs) (laughs) It's different because you feel like, uh, you know, when you have something that's fun and they try to throw in something educational. Yeah. It feels like that. But one of our listeners, she was texting and said, like, it's actually really cool because then you can watch, like, and see the whole speech and stuff that he does. But then also, if you're just playing... You're like, well, do you go talk to him? There's like, there's, there's like the, the thing is like filled with like 11 and 12, nine-year-olds yeah. that do not care. Like yeah. they're just like going around wanting to shoot people. <laughs> but if it's a nice way to learn, you know, about historical figures yeah. and they won't get anywhere else. But yeah, listen, I don't, we don't know about it. Yeah. But what if people, they go in, they play Fortnite, they see Martin Luther King Jr. And it's like the first time they're exposed to him and they don't even realize he's a real person. Yeah. There's like, wow, yeah. that guy's a really cool video game character. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why they included him in here, but uh, You're right. he's pretty awesome. Well, he's I'm, in Fortnite, so he's cool. You got to start with something though. Yeah. Uh, we also, talked about a little debate on if you do not RSVP to a wedding, do you still have to pay for the things that were paid for you? Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. 
Just one more inconvenience to add to a wedding. Well, it's yeah. safer, I guess, now just to say no to every party invite. Yes. <laughs> Is it better to uh, to RSVP no and then show up? Or well, I, don't, I think they'd be mad, versa. too, because then they don't have anything planned. But no, I would just say don't go to anything. Well, then you could just, just say no. If you, well, if it's a wedding, you should just say no. Anyways. It's not going to be worth it most of the time. No, not worth the hassle and the stress. And then we also go back around to TikTok. And how they just want to keep you on there as long as possible. So they're going to extend some videos, minutes, I guess, to five? In, in Is that their, real? In their quest to make me use it longer, they've made me use it not at all. Yes. Because <laughs> I don't want to watch the long videos. Well, don't worry, guys. I still use it, and I'll still send you all the ones. Yeah. I think you guys should be watching. All the good ones. <laughs> yeah, all the good ones I'll send your way. All right. Well, that's that's in the show and more. That would be, that'd be funny if it was only those like four things. <laughs> And you more. guys get more. <laughs> that would be... The show didn't have that many problems. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, make sure you say hi again. Join us at Radio U Riot on Facebook or our YouTube channel. And may we have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm. Nothing else goes wrong. Yep. A wonderful weekend. And we see everybody back on Monday. Yes, Ooh, that's okay. the plan. And we'll have more food fights next week. That's right. We should have a great yeah. next week. We're going to have a really smooth week next week leading up into an extra day off. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. For everyone. Now we're talking. Up. Yeah. <laughs> It was just what we need. All right. Bye, everybody. Talk to you later. Everything you love about the Riot plus a handy dandy fast forward option. This is the worst of the Riot podcast. Well, I started off the day today with not waking up for my alarm. Yeah. So that's, uh, you know, it's really Friday when you're like, you can't even wake up. It probably means you need a break. Well, that means that your alarm and your body also think it's a different day. Yep. And it thought it was Saturday. We're all off. <laughs> and it didn't need to get up. Yeah. So I actually, I left my phone not realizing in the other room, I didn't bring it in with me. Oh, and you and couldn't so, hear the alarm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I have a regular alarm clock. I don't know if it didn't go off or if I accidentally turned it off, but I don't remember it going off. So... <laughs> And my phone going off in the other room is not loud enough. It was too far. So I woke up literally 20 minutes before the show started. And when I texted you is when I left the house, which is it's pretty impressive that I got here. Before the show started. And no loss broke. Uh, well, no getting pulled over. Not not that anybody knows Notice, that. okay, good. <laughs> wink, wink. Although I did not brush my teeth. It's amazing when you get up early, you're like, all right, I want a few minutes to get dressed, you know, a little bit nicer, yeah. have a proper breakfast, do all the stuff. Yeah. And it you just don't have enough time. But <laughs> yeah. when you oversleep. Yep. And you get up at a certain point where you thought you never could get ready uh-huh, <laughs> or uh-huh. get into the building yeah. in time, and you make it. <laughs> so it Somehow. makes you wonder, like, how late can I actually sleep in? <laughs> yeah, maybe I've been getting up an hour too early this whole time. You could make it technically I, with 20 minutes before the show. You yep, could get in. I can. Uh, I don't think that's a good habit to be in. <laughs> we might have a few things that we would miss you along sure? the way your teeth brushing my teeth brushing which <laughs> Didn't get to do that honestly it probably would have been better if i was 1 minute later and had clean teeth but <laughs> no one will notice you'll live and right. learn next time <laughs> well i'm glad you made it and glad again everybody aren't we glad it's friday oh yeah hudson sees the glass is half empty but get this he thinks a glass half empty is good the riot radio you Or they had the right amount of coffee. This is The Riot on Radio U.
It is the riot on Radio U eight seven seven two two Radio U. <clears throat> You're right there. It is. I need coffee. <laughs> you I, do. Since I rolled right out of bed and into my car <laughs> this morning, I did not get to make coffee, and I still haven't. Well, maybe wait though, because we are supposed to send Isaiah out to go get us the Apple Crisp Macchiatos from Starbucks. Yep. So we should try the new drink from the full menu. Yeah. So we'll go get that instead of doing the milk crate challenge. <laughs> Didn't so know that was a one or the other option. We're going to have to get rid of all these milk crates. <laughs> so the milk crate challenge is the one where um, you take a milk crate. You take a lot of them. You take a lot of them and people would stack them up and make like a design or like a pyramid yeah, sort of right. thing. And you're supposed to be able to go across or go up it. Uh-huh. And everybody was falling over, getting injured. It doesn't make sense when you say it out loud. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But they are fun to watch, aren't they? Are, they and, are. Uh, but now, now we can't. We cannot because TikTok has banned the both the hashtags milk crate challenge and crate challenge. And they've also taken down as many as, I mean, it's... All people's videos? Yeah, they've taken Aww. down the videos that were of the milk crate challenge. Oh, TikTok, you're not supposed to be the one to, to decide I know, on I that. I thought TikTok was the fun place. Come on, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, you know, other other communities, other services, they like to just crack down on yeah. anything anything that gets interesting. And TikTok was like, that was like going to a party and, <laughs> and anything goes. And now, not the Milk Crate Challenge. It doesn't go anymore. Well, it doesn't make sense because there's tons of other challenges that right. push the line. And they say TikTok prohibits content. That promotes or glorifies d- uh, dangerous acts, and we remove videos and redirect searches to our community guidelines to discourage such, yeah. such content. So they've uh, cleared out those hashtags, and if you wanted to do the milk crate challenge, you might not uh, have your video up anymore. Yeah, I don't know, man. I've seen I've seen some pretty crazy videos on TikTok, and it's like, are you sure this is all, people getting like hit by cars and stuff? And well, people can just have brought leave that, that up, up before, especially if you are a bigger content creator. Yeah, the things that some people get away with that the guidelines should take away that video. Yeah. But then they'll remove the account completely of someone else who's been doing something right. similar who just does not have as much followers. Right. That that's been much talked about. Yeah, I don't know. That if and uh look, I know people have been going to I know people have getting getting injured doing the milk crate challenge. It's still hard for me to buy that like it's just such so dangerous that we could not encourage anybody to do it mm. like anybody seeing the milk crate challenge <laughs> is going to poison say, their mind they say it's even worse than falling from a ladder just <laughs> <laughs> what they were saying well you, <laughs> which i also don't do which also happens in movies all the time I and know. we don't see movies getting banned just make up their minds just uh you can't glorify now, it one minute and then pull it the next i'm gonna start doing uh, a new tiktok challenge the ladder challenge <laughs> Because it's not as dangerous as the milk crate challenge, so they shouldn't ban it. I know. You're right. It's not bad. So uh, that's the update in case uh, you were looking for more milk crate challenges or if you placed your order for your milk crates. You're going to have to find a different service for that one. You're going to want to return it because TikTok will remove your video if you try to do one. Yeah. Sorry, guys. (laughs) It is the riot. Can you imagine, though, if you got those all in the mail? You're like, but my video. no. There must be some place you can upload it and still go viral, right? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) It is the riot. If you're looking for hot takes on the day's most important news stories, uh, you're in the wrong place. You're listening to The Riot on Radio U.
So if you go to a Spirit Halloween store now, uh, what you may find is a Cheetos Halloween costume. Oh, what Actually, it? multiple Cheetos Halloween costumes. What does it mean? Is that like the trend for this? Uh... Um, well, I mean, it's a little early to call it a trend, but at least it's an option. <laughs> it's an option out there where you can either be dressed up as a flaming Hot Cheetos bag yeah. or a flaming Hot Cheeto. Oh, that, that, I think I'd pick the bag over you think the, the Cheeto. Cheeto. The Cheeto looks like something else. <laughs> <laughs> the Cheeto could be almost every, anything, anything. And it specifically says flaming hot on the, on the package. Yeah. But it does not, it's not the color of a flaming hot. No, it's more the flaming hot are totally red. And that one is definitely orange. And it looks like there's also a super soft throw blanket yeah, which from that Cheetos actually, that you can get. That I would like. <laughs> you can just make your own costume, just yeah. wrap it around you. Or, yeah, I mean, that's. A Cheetos thing you can enjoy year round. That's right. You can you don't have that. Need, need that just for uh, Halloween. So, is this what we're dressing up as? Um, ha- do you want to be the one? Like, can I? I'll be the flaming hot Cheeto bag. All right, and- I'll be the Cheeto. You see the picture of the guy though? He looks like he's having a real good time in there. That looks so bad. He's. He's got the sunglasses, just like Chester Cheetah. Yes, he does. And you we'll know, give Isaiah the throw blanket. <laughs> he can just make he's always own. so cold, so he it's is. okay. <laughs> Absolutely. And then I guess we'll have to just walk around eating Cheetos while you're wearing this costume. Oh, yeah. Well, as they are in the pictures. Yeah. Is this really, really a thing that they're selling at these uh, Spirit Halloween stores? A stack of them that has been found, has been spotted at a Spirit Halloween store. All right. That's fine. By Robbie. I don't want to Robbie say, found them. say no. Well, if Robbie found <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, you got to trust Robbie. Is he a Reddit user? <laughs> he is uh, an impulsive buy user. <laughs> and we know what he's going for yeah. for this Halloween. There we go. I, I, uh, I'm in on it, definitely. You, all right, if Just, I find it, I'm going to get it for you then. Okay. Which one do you want? You're going to, uh, I, either one. Either one, okay. And, and the blanket. Oh, dude, that's not a costume. I'm not Come just on. buying you a throw blanket. Come on. I brought back moon that. pies well, from yeah. my trip to Tennessee. You bring me a Cheetos throw blanket from your trip to Spirit Halloween. Diamonds might be most girls' best friend. But for Nikki, it's DoorDash. <laughs> the Riot on Radio U. You know what would just turn this Friday right around? Turn this frown upside down? Yeah, you know oh, what wait, it yeah. is? <laughs> what? Uh, some Starbucks. So, Isaiah, you don't go to Starbucks a lot? I've only been there one time one ever. One time? One time ever. And you what ordered did, a milk? What did you get? I, I got a... Actually, I've been there twice. I got one time I got a pink drink. I was with my girlfriend. Was and that then, good? It was good. What's that a was pink pretty drink? good. I don't know. It was just pink. I asked like... What's a pink drink, It's like Pinky? a strawberry guess, coconut milk uh, drink. Ugh. Yeah, I, I asked him, I was like, what, like, I was asking my girlfriend, I was like, what would I like? And she's like, well, you don't like coffee, really, so you probably uh, should get, like, a pink drink. Sure. I was like, well, I don't know if I really want to get the pink drink. I'm like, is there something else, like, maybe a little manlier that I can get? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, not really. And so then I'm walking around, with, the, and so then I'm walking around with the pink drink. Yeah. You're like, this is good. Yeah. And then the other time, I just got a white milk and a blueberry muffin. Aww, well. Okay, what we would like you to go get us is so that, you know, they have the new fall menu. Yes. And they did the pumpkin uh, lattes and all that stuff this week. But we want to try the new drink, which is the apple crisp macchiato. It sounds kind of like an apple cider to me. Is that what it is? Like an apple cider? Sure. Think, sure it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> sounds about right. Yeah, apple, apple cider, cider sounds great. <laughs> a, 
So are you going to get one? I don't know. See, I, I like apple cider. So I think it's you like would apple like it. cider. It's caramelized apples, brown sugar, and a spiced apple drizzle for a macchiato. Ooh. See, it sounds so good, but I know that when I drink it, it's not going to taste like those fantastic things. No, I you think don't you'll get that. it. This this is one of their, it's a signature drink. Uh-huh. Is it like a fruity drink? Like, is this like a, it's not like a coffee coffee, right? It is, yeah. It's like Wait, it's, it's, which it's, one? Is it a coffee no, coffee or a fruity well, drink? It's more like your cappuccino than, okay, yeah. than a coffee. Yeah. Oh, beautiful, yes. Yeah. But and I like it warm. You know, listen, Starbucks isn't, Starbucks isn't for people that like coffee, okay? Don't <laughs> yeah. you understand? It's for people. <laughs> so like blueberry muffins, right. white milk, yes. and that. And exactly. <laughs> Perfect, so, I fit right in. Yeah. So. so if you'll go get those, then we'll do a uh, riot food fight. We'll try the apple crisp macchiato we'll in a little bit. Do it as soon as Isaiah gets back. Yeah. See you guys in an hour and a half. <laughs> Dude, we're sending you to that one. That one's not as busy. You'll be You're fine. like, it's three minutes away. I'm like, yeah. all right, we'll see how I make it work here. <laughs> but he's walking. Yeah. <laughs> I want everybody, though, to get your phones out and start your timer. Yeah, and let's exactly. see how all long right. it takes him to get the drinks. All right, we'll do that coming up as again as soon as Isaiah gets back. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> you were one of the lucky few who missed the riot when they were live. Yet here you are. I also like to live dangerously. This is the worst of the riot podcast. Uh, I don't even know. I haven't played Fortnite in a long time. No, really? I, I don't know how it works anymore. Oh, you don't? Like I used to think, when, back in my day, in <laughs> Fortnite, it was you and 99 other people and you tried to kill each other. Okay. Is that how it still works? I haven't played it in a while, Because too. if that's the case... What is Martin Luther King Jr. doing in the game? But he's just staying there. Like, he's not... He's just hanging out. Well, I think, yeah, Observing the killing. He's not a playable character. Yeah, I don't think he is, but he is in the game. But is a... But that's what I don't understand. It's an interactive educational experience, they say, for Uh Martin Luther King Jr. So he's in the game to kind of, like, teach everybody. Yeah. But not the game. (laughs) No. Not teaching about the game. He's... Yes, it's just where you can go in and instead of playing and killing you can observe and educate yourself mm-hmm. on what happened with martin luther king jr apparently and, and i th- almost feel like uh because epic games makes Fortnite, and i almost feel like they just want to just in case distance themselves from this because they said it's not built by epic games it's built by community members oh. so does that mean that like just in case there's something offensive or wrong about it, like know. they don't want to be held accountable. Well, but they're, they're putting saying, in, they're calling it the March Through Time. Yeah, see, it is an experience, and that's from Time Studios and uh, via Fortnite Creative, which is where people in the community can create something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's interesting to see. A lot of people were talking about it yesterday. Yeah, it's just weird. It's, you know, like... It's not where you expect Martin Luther King Jr. to pop up. I agree with you. I don't know if it feels like a natural fit. No, it doesn't. But maybe they want to start incorporating other people throughout history to uh, have a place where they could be teaching us things that maybe we wouldn't learn if we weren't so focused on Fortnite. Yeah, that's that's what I kind of want to get at. That maybe, uh, maybe we should be learning about Martin Luther King from other resources maybe other than Fortnite. but if you're never maybe going to other resources he shouldn't be the that shouldn't be your introduction to martin Luther king jr at least someone's saying something i guess I that's know. good there could be history books <laughs> websites that could give you like a real look at 
at who he was as a man. So I, and even I don't know, like if you would have put uh, him forward in time now, would he want to be yeah, a part that's, of that? See, that's another one. That's people's question concerning it. But yeah, people were just talking about it yesterday. So if you're into Fortnite, I guess, and you're like, is that Martin Luther King? <laughs> <laughs> What's going what, on? I clicked on the wrong game. <laughs> What I download? Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Uh, it, it is. It's just something that the community did. Man, 2021 Mad Libs are all over the place, aren't they? <laughs> you just, you know, you think you uh, just made up something that's creative and then all of a sudden it's real. Yeah, you don't know. Uh, that's a good question. Aaron wondered if they have the permission for the King Estate. That's, so they wonder. I was thinking about that as well. I would have to think because uh, his, is it his daughter? Ber- yeah. Is it Bernice King? Mm. She's very like she's on Twitter Projective and stuff. But yeah, right. She uh she she would I think she would have something to say if this was not signed off by the family. So that's the good news, I guess. That hope hopefully you would think it's approved. Says but maybe we should check in with her. Experience with educational publishing, which is the job. <laughs> <laughs> They're really protective of his image and work, which is absolutely true. But again, it's a community event. It's not Epic Games doing yeah. it. Yeah. So I don't know where that falls in a if if someone is just making it, yeah, can they be creative compared to if Epic was making money off of right. it? Right, I don't good know. Good point. But you could argue that just getting people to seeing that he's in the game and then going into Fortnite and not even clicking on that, but playing the game, mm-hmm. then Fortnite uh, Epic Games can be making money. So yeah. it's a hard line to draw. But well, they don't hey, say any more than that. <laughs> if just one person is, uh, you know, learns more about Martin Luther King Jr. because of this, and I guess it's all worth it, right? And then maybe they'll add other yeah. figures. Coming soon, other uh, historical people in the United <laughs> States and throughout the world. And then before you know it, your Fortnite game is full of non-playable characters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of people you got to get and it's around. it's just a museum. <laughs> this is The Riot. Radio U. So we sent Isaiah. We're doing a food fight to try the new Starbucks apple crisp macchiato. Yeah, he's going apple picking, and apple crisp picking. What I didn't know is Isaiah is not familiar with Starbucks. He's only been there and ordered a drink like once. Uh-huh. Um, and he ordered a milk. And he ordered a milk and a blueberry muffin. <laughs> Don't forget that part. Yeah, of course. Uh, so we sent him with the order thinking, ah, maybe like what, 10 minutes. It's literally one road over. Yeah. Uh, and then there's another Starbucks, the other room. Uh-huh. There's yep. too many around. Uh, so he just sent me, Hudson, running into some slight complications, but I'll be back soon. What complications what, what? could you? I don't know. I don't I don't even want to interrupt him to ask him. Yeah. So I guess well, we'll I'm find out afraid. when he gets back. I'm afraid of what they could be. Maybe it's car complications. Maybe it's not even Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Okay. When you're li- less than five minutes away from somewhere, oh, I think and you were two just minutes, there. Yeah. How can? What are the complications that can arise? I don't know. Maybe he spilled the drinks. Oh, that would be bad. Do you think? So maybe he had to go back. Oh no! Oh no! What if he's like that woman yesterday and he burned himself? Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> maybe they gave him the wrong thing. Oh. I, I don't think he fine. would know. He wouldn't know if they gave him the wrong thing. Well, we'll see would what he? happens. Jim said he just texted maybe a speeding ticket. Jim, the Starbucks is so close, you can't even get past the speed of the speed limit yeah, to get there. You wouldn't it's be so able close. to build up enough speed. Exactly. <laughs> totally right. So I, I don't know about that, uh, um, but we'll see what happens. That make me nervous. I really was looking forward to the drink, too. Well, he's not 
not like not coming back. He'll come back in but time. But he might not have what we want. Now, Zach said the Starbucks that he thinks we sent Isaiah to is insanely busy. We didn't send him to that one. We sent him to the other one yeah. next to us. There's too many. There's there's a lot of them, and they're they're very new. Well, Isaiah, if you're listening, um, we don't know what, what <laughs> you could You should possibly, be listening. What could be going wrong? <laughs> Maybe give us text us in with a little more detail. Or don't don't interrupt him and yeah. just let him get back. That's the most important thing. Just don't screw it up. Because I ordered an iced one. What if it's all melty by the yeah. time he gets back? What if mine's not warm anymore? Well, don't. Let's be supportive. Yep. Let's not just. It's going to be fine. Okay. Even if it's a little cold, uh-huh. it's not the worst. If, uh, if, if we get lukewarm Starbucks, each of us, and that's the worst <laughs> thing we can say about the today, then. It's still then a good day, it's right? It's still a good day. That's the. Worst of the Riot podcast. I feel like it's a food fight and a story time maybe more because Isaiah is in with our apple crisp macchiatos to try the new Starbucks drink. Isaiah, how are you doing? This morning has just been a disaster. (laughs) Like this has been so bad. Like everything that happened before, I don't even know if it like even compares to what happened to me just now. It looks fine. You got four drinks. Yeah. But why are they all Which is more than we needed. Yeah. So I went to Starbucks. Starbucks, whatever you Starbucks. want to call it. Yeah. Starbucks. I want to call it Starbucks. <laughs> and now I went to the one you guys told me to go to. Yeah. It was not open. What? Okay. So that right. was a good start. So that I had must to go be to a different one. When I looked it up, Google said it's less busy than usual. <laughs> yes. So then I drove down the road. Thankfully, there was another one close inside of just the Kroger down the road. So I went in there uh-huh. and ordered, ordered the drinks. I struggled through it, but I, I ordered all of them. And then she made them all for me, and I realized that they were incorrect. Oh. She made them all iced. Oh. And I was like, oh, no. So then I was like, do I just take them back, or yeah. do I act like it's so like, Okay, I'm going to say something. Like, we have to get it right for the show, whatever. So then I'm like, hey, can you, like, I asked for these hot or whatever. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Makes them hot. I'm like, okay, cool. So obviously that backed me up. So when I texted you originally, Nikki, so run a little behind. There's some complications. Yeah. That was when I originally texted really, you. None of that is your fault, though. Not a big deal, right? I walk out to my vehicle. Oh, no. And if you look at our Instagram page at Radio U Official, what did you do? You will see that I spilled Hudson's I drink all, oh. all over oh. my truck. I thought you were spilling all something. All over my truck. <gasps> Nikki so called it. Nikki if knew. If you look and then wait for the flip, <laughs> oh, it's a disaster. It was a disaster. And so I am, my car smells incredible. It smells so darn good in there. But me and. Me and Hudson are going to have to split the uh, the little one. Oh, you didn't go back and get a new one? <laughs> no, I didn't go what? back and get a new one. Hudson. I thought I already, already been right. so it's behind. Right. I was like, you know what? I'll just pour the one that was supposed to be mine, just a little bit of it, and Hudson can have the venti, and it won't be a big deal. All right. It's it's well, all good. The good thing is, too, you have a, you're going to uh, on a trip today. Yeah, exactly. Nice long car trip. Well, wait a minute. It's going to smell good, you know? You still have four drinks, though. You Isn't had a this, cold brew, this remember? This is the cold brew yeah. for you. Yeah, you had a cold brew. So, wait. You spilled... I you still this. have the cup of yeah. Okay, that's my confusion. There yeah, we the go. So the cup, yes, as you can see, is covered in whatever <laughs> this drink is that I ordered. I wondered. I, I I'm glad I called her. I was like, he must have spilled it all over yeah, his car or something. Everywhere. Nikki knew. Uh, Nikki Isaiah, knew. thank you for going through all that just to of get course. the apple crisp macchiato, the new uh, fall drink from Starbucks. I now, feel like we really have to like it, Hudson. Now I know why. <laughs> Uh, when we were, he walked out of the studio. And we were about to distribute the drinks, and mm-hmm. he was like, "No, no, no!" Oh, wait, is this the cold brew? Then I think yeah. this might be the cold brew. Is that the? Yeah, I think one? this is. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's Hudson's. It is Hudson's? Hudson, I drink out of your lid. Oh, oh no. Don't pour that over the Ooh, board. Look how, look how big mine is. No. That, that one. Uh, we can switch lids. That one's good, but that one's not as apple. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the apple crisp macchiato. I got an iced one. You guys both got the hot one. All right. Mmm. There's oh, that's ice good. There. I think mm. I need this dirt. You didn't get me a straw. Mm. <laughs> All right, Nikki. <laughs> no, I didn't get the straw. A straw? How am I supposed to stir There's it? There's an I don't even know what you want me to do at this point. Okay? Initiative. Look at the layers. <laughs> I got to take you to Starbucks next time. I'm going to walk you through the whole process so we don't have to worry about There's it. There's a lot of confusion on my, hi- my hand. I mm. thought Starbucks, uh, this is why they give you these lids like this, because they don't do straws anymore. Uh, well, you're supposed to not like the earth and still ask for one. No. <laughs> ask for a straw. I didn't I get that in the text good. message when I picked it up. It really tastes like you get the apple. Like you really definitely get it. They say it's uh, caramelized apples, brown sugar, spiced apple drizzle. You guys like the hot version? It's good. Is it? It's really good, actually. It's all right. Are you going to try to drink the uh, stuff on the floor here? <laughs> no. <laughs> no chance. We're seeing him out there. He's taking his uh, truck mat and just like pouring it back into yeah. a cup. <laughs> all right, Hudson, you don't like it? Uh, it's just fine. You don't like the apple? It's not a, uh, especially exciting. Let me try the this. Isaiah went through a lot to get that for yeah. you. Yeah, I don't you? know. I know. <laughs> I don't, You're supposed to say I love it. What's worse? Thank you. Me not wanting me just drinking out of this cup that you just drank out of, or no, I didn't drink out of that one. No, I, no, I no. But Nikki drank, drank my cup. Oh, that one. So I, I drank out of it. Is it offensive for me to take the lid off? You can take the lid off in these COVID times. I insist. Go ahead. <laughs> That's mm. the pumpkin cold brew. Mm, that it does need to be stirred. It does. <laughs> <laughs> I, you can like your layers are pretty intense. There's like yeah. three different layers there of what's Hold going on. on. Yeah, I think the apple crisp, I don't, let me taste it again. Maybe we're just so used to with the fall drinks having the pumpkin with it that the apple is kind of weird, but it's good. I it think it tastes nice really one. good. It is good. I don't think it has a very strong apple flavor, actually, mm-hmm. despite what you said. I think it's it's just kind of the standard latte feel to it. The macchiato. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I don't know if I... And, I don't like Starbucks coffee that much, so it's just, it's all right. Like, I agree. There's not a lot of apple there. Uh, I also uh, agree with that. Let me put it this way. When you drink the pumpkin spice latte, you know you're it. get, it's like, this is, you're tasting the pumpkin spice, and you're like, this is fall. Mm. This is, I find it hard to believe this will become synonymous with the fall because it's not as in your face. But listen, apple is the new flavor for the fall. Whether you like this drink or not, you're going to see apple in everything. Mm. And because Isaiah <laughs> spilled the other drink, we will be supportive. And yeah. we are glad we got this. Whether you want it or not, we're all going to like it. Okay, I'm everybody? I am appreciative. And we'll help you go clean your truck. <laughs> so I'll fix that out later. I need I need to go see the picture. Was it the inside or the outside? Oh, it was the inside. Oh, oh it's no. On, it's on the passenger floor. But thankfully, it on the floor, so it wasn't on the seat. Yeah. And you so took just, your truck, not the Radio U van. Yeah, some of my truck. Oh. But it to, smells so good in there, though. <laughs> if you go to Radio U official, you can see uh, Isaiah's trip to go get our food fight drinks. <laughs> the Riot Podcast. Radio U. We also uh, are on TikTok, at Radio U official on there, right? Yes, we are. And we don't post there very often. Think I kind of stopped. It just happened to be around the same time when you started I, the show. I with stopped me. when I started this show, yeah. and also when they added the three-minute video length. Well, I don't not think only did I stop posting on it, I stopped going on there. Do you feel like when the the three minutes is an option, that's too long? Like it's too too pressure, too stressful to try to get a video uh, that length? Well, I w- <laughs> yes, for sure. I would never make a video that long. 
Either, well, I guess either a video should be like 30 seconds or it should be like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> there shouldn't be a lot of in between. That's true. And uh, so TikTok, maybe they kind of agree because they are now testing out five minute TikToks. We're getting long there, guys. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to eventually just say it'll just go the way of YouTube because yep. YouTube in the beginning had a very small limit. Yeah, it wasn't as short as, as uh, and that was, I think in YouTube's time, that was purely functional. Absolutely. You know, it wasn't they couldn't because, handle it. Right. And people didn't have fast enough internet to load a, to like a five minute video at that time. Or, or d- certainly not to upload one. It must mean that the three-minute changeover went well enough for them that they're going to test a five-minute yeah. video upload length. Well, I feel the other thing is I feel like once you go over a minute, it's just like who, who you know, cares? what's the big difference between three and five minutes? If you're going to go three minutes, might as well go five. If you're going to go five, might as well go ten. Well, tell me if anybody else has noticed. Like, text me if it's if it's just me, but I feel like. It doesn't matter because you can, you know, scrub through and just go to the end if you want. But once that started, in the beginning, a lot of people allowed their videos to have that. When you upload something, you can choose. Oh, you get the the option? Yeah, you have the option if you don't want someone to be able to, you know, go forward in your video. Yeah. So I think at the beginning, everybody allowed it. But now every video I find that I want to watch, Mm -hmm. they took that off. They don't hmm. allow you to scrub through yeah. it. And so I, I just like, I don't want any longer See, videos. I wish. <laughs> no, the videos are too long. I They're mean, too long. Granted, I'm not, I don't know if TikTok cares about my opinion specifically because I haven't been on TikTok. Mm. I have not used it in days for sure. Well, I wonder <laughs> Which if Which doesn't sound that impressive, actually. Oops. I haven't been on TikTok in days. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't help your but, argument. <laughs> no, I, I rarely use it, and it's it's partially been because I had nothing to post after yeah. I started this show, but it's also been because I've been, uh, I guess I just realized I didn't need it that much. Sure. Wasn't that interested in it. And But when they do start making the videos longer and longer, then, like, they're just losing the beauty of what TikTok was. And TikTok isn't uh, like I was using TikTok before and it hasn't been around that long where you can be like the old man that's <laughs> complaining about the way things used to be. It was like three months ago. It used to be good. Well, I mean, that's how it is. Yeah. But I don't know if you're a creator and if you make TikToks, do you for if you monetize your stuff? Yeah. Do they have to watch a certain length? Do they have to watch the whole thing? If you're making it five minutes, when does a view count? Yeah. Towards the money with it, right? Uh, well, so for five minutes, like that's just that's that's a long. It's longer long than time. you think it is if you're used to watching all the shorter TikToks. Yeah, and that's where you really want the fast forward feature. <laughs> I, I just don't want those to be on the For You page because that's all I want. Yeah, that, I, I, wish I don't want them pushed to me. It's fine. I kind of feel that it's fine if they want to allow people to do five-minute videos. Yeah. I just kind of wish on the For You page you could limit how long the video, like you could put a limit of I don't want to, videos to come up on here if they're over a minute long. Yeah. Because that would improve my experience. Now, they're saying that TikTok is actually probably testing various lengths. Mm-hmm. So at this point, you have the three minutes, but some users have had five. Some users have had 10 minutes. Oh, wow. So depending on how important you are mm-hmm. <laughs> in the TikTok world, you might have the option to do various lengths. And then eventually, they'll roll out what times and lengths they allow. I, they're also working on stories as well, which may be what maybe that's what they're thinking is Mm -hmm. that the shorter stuff can go in the stories. This is the worst of the riot podcast. 
this uh, story here, Isaiah, I wanted to bring you in because you're the only one who's not married yet. Yes. Uh, so whenever you do get married, this is an idea for you that you could, for any of your guests that don't show up, you could send them a bill. That sounds like a great idea. Doesn't yeah. it? You get all your money back, right? right. You can well, just make it up. When... You will not have your friends. Yeah. <laughs> you won't have any friends. Now, but... I, think, I think you have to tell, like, there's more details yeah. that that uh, explain this a bit more. Because I think it was a, what is it when you go on a trip for a wedding? A destination wedding. Yes. Yeah, it was a destination wedding. Was it in Jamaica? Jamaica, yep. yep. So in Jamaica. It was more expensive to, like, have no shows. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, they were people that said that they RSVP'd and said yes. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't say yes and then end up not going? I don't know, though, but, like, you're saying yes to Jamaica. Like, that's a pretty big yes. Like, right. I feel like there's probably a lot of people that said, like, no, I'm not going to be there. So for you to say yes, you would have to have a lot of things yeah. prepped. Do you guys do this if you – it's not like I'm getting invited to a million weddings. But when you get the <laughs> wedding RSVP and you aren't going to go, you just don't RSVP, right? Is that what you guys do? Uh, yeah, you just you, never... I think that's more respectful than saying, I respectfully decline to yeah, come to your wedding. They were saying that if they would have just told them ahead of time. Yeah. Uh, but this is really just involving like the dinner. So like if you have yeah. a wedding, there's a reception right after. Uh-huh. And that is what they're charging this couple for who did not show up to the reception. Okay, so did... So... Do you have to pay $240 for the people that did come? Did they pay for themselves? I don't know. Like, the no, you don't have to pay, like, if you show. But, I mean, you're ordering the meals. So mm-hmm. you're already having an extra, these two meals. Yeah. That just don't go to anybody. Okay. Uh, so that, I don't even know if, with this story that went everywhere yesterday. I don't even know if, like, they actually invoiced or they were just showing, like, this is what we should be doing. Well, there's, there's a photo, uh, if of you look down below, of the invoice that the guy had received <laughs> that he posted. On Twitter, he oh, said, "I've never." He said, "I've never seen this before." And then some of the people were in the com- comments is kind of where the debate started. Yeah, where there are people like, "Yeah, I had a lot of people not show up to my wedding. Yeah. The plates were one hundred and twenty dollars a bu- like a piece, mm. and then we ended up eating like eight hundred dollars worth of." Not, not literally eating, but like eating the eight hundred dollars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh no, Isaiah, I'm taking that home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hopefully, they the- ate the eight hundred dollars <laughs> worth of steak or chicken or whatever they had. Yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily a perk of the wedding, but that, that's a known thing, right? Oh, you yeah. take all your uh, leftovers home, and you and your like your family, your parents, and the and the in laws. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, <laughs> they'll be fine. But uh, I, yeah, I can. You know, if the person wasn't a good enough friend to come to the wedding, they're certainly not going to be a good enough friend to pay the two forty and still want to hang out with you, right? It's probably not like a this is the ender. Friend, this is yeah. a relationship ender, right? But there. when you have a party like this, and if you're paying for the food, like you just you just know that that has to you be. have to take it yeah. into account, right? It's going to happen. There's people that are going to RSVP and not show up. That's what happens at every single wedding. But and it's better to have a few extra plates mm-hmm. and eat that $240 or whatever it is than to have a couple people at your wedding that don't get food. Yes. That would be... That would be pretty embarrassing. And you just don't invite people to parties that you don't think will actually come. Yeah, yeah exactly. If you're yeah. willing to do this invoice and this whole ordeal and this person is willing to post it on Twitter and kind of like expose you, I guess, then you probably shouldn't even invite the person in the first place. I I can't wait till you get married, Isaiah. Oh, you think so? For the show. For the show. I hate On the show. I hate weddings. I just can't wait to plan your wedding on the show. On the show. <laughs> it'll, Actually, be a, it'll be so much content. The reception part, if you have to go to a wedding, the wedding part, like the ceremony, yeah. that's the worst and the longest. It is. Oh, yeah. The reception part is at least 
least the fun side of things. Uh-huh. Yeah. But no one wants to go to any of it. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's especially when it's a destination wedding. You're like, it's Jamaica, so we'll all have more fun. It's like, well, that, no, everybody has to spend more. Yes. It's but more of an inconvenience. You're just paying, like, think of it, you're paying for a vacation. But yeah. I don't have any friends who do It's a vacation, no. but it's no fun. Exactly. And it's stressful. <laughs> Ten times more stressful. You're like, basically, it's like when you go on a vacation with your whole family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a it's vacation like when you were younger. A vacation that you don't get to plan. That's Yay! That's enough of that. For more Riot content, head to riot.radiou.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. Hello everyone and welcome to my podcast titled Gaming Falderal. My name is Gerald Earl and I am your host. This podcast is about how to keep your finances safe if you are a gamer. Today's episode is about making sure you know what your gaming budget is and keeping track of what you spend. Let's dive into it. If you want to make sure that your gaming finances are safe, the first thing that you need to consider is to determine and know your gaming budget. If you are a gamer, it is very important that you have a clear and better understanding especially when it comes to gaming budget. Nowadays, there are individuals who find a hard time and difficulty on how to know their gaming budget. In order for you to get rid of this situation, here are some of the gaming budget tips that you need to follow that will help you to keep your gaming finances secure and safe. 1. Research a gaming hardware or video game before you purchase it. Before attempting to purchase a certain gaming hardware and video game, it is very important that you conduct your own research about your desired online gaming that will suit your taste, desire, and budget. You can browse the web to look for affordable gaming hardware that you are searching for. 2. Try first your preferred game before buying it. Most online stores will offer you with free trial of your preferred game before you purchase. It lets you make sure that the game will meet your desire and game taste. In this way, you can be sure that your chosen gaming hardware is worth paying for. 3. Search for previous games. Every year, there are different games launched online. You can search in the web for some previous gaming hardware that are offered at an affordable cost. Most of the producers of older games are offering their users with reasonable costs that you will surely love. 4. Purchasing second-hand games. You may find some gaming hardware that offer their users with second-hand games after they were released in the market. The second-hand games are not quite popular choice for your kids but they are more cost-effective. 5. Search for games that you and your family will surely enjoy. If you and your family are fanatic gamers of a certain gaming hardware, the best thing that you need to do is to search for a game that will perfectly suit the taste and desire of your family members. In this way, you can be sure that you and your family will surely enjoy the game at a reasonable cost. 6. Check for various console versions. A wide variety of console versions will guide you to perfectly opt for cheap gaming hardware with excellent features. When you already formulated your budget plan, you will not find difficulty in tracking the amount of money that you have spent for your gaming issues. The following are the helpful tactics that will greatly help you to easily track your gaming expenses. 1. Make use of envelope system. Envelope system is considered as one of the effective tactics to easily track your gaming expenses. Dedicate every envelope to a certain spending category like your basic needs, gasoline, and your gaming expenses. 
By doing this, you can easily budget the exact amount of money that you will be spending for your gaming habits. 2. Marking down. You have to keep a pen and small notebook in your pocket or purse to list down every gaming expenses and transaction. You can also make use your smartphone notepad to track down your spending transaction. 3. List down your monthly bills. Your monthly bills must focus on your internet service, phone, utilities, mortgage and credit card bills. These regular bills must be highly prioritized before attempting to allocate your money for your gaming expenses. By doing this, you can easily control the amount of money that you will be spending in your gaming habits as well as it will be easy for you to determine your gaming expenses. 4. Review your overall expenses. When you completely reviewed your basic expenses, it is the perfect time to review your overall and special expenses like electronics, furniture, education, travel, car repairs, and home improvements. It is also recommended to check your bank records and credit card expenses then create a better plan for unexpected bills and emergencies. 5. Create a spending plan. Creating a spending plan is considered as one of the top choices that you need to ponder on to track and determine your gaming expenses. However, it is very important that you prioritize your basic needs and make it a habit to check your account. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned next Sunday. Bye. Please follow us on Facebook and subscribe via iTunes. Welcome to the Fantasy Footy Podcast. This week we are back to regular programming with big shouts once again and looking more like Phil's tiny flop. We revisit the name game and the part I'm most looking forward to. Even though this is a podcast and an audio experience, Jono's made a graph to share with you. As he had, and I quote, some free time this morning. Stand down, ladies. He's a taken man. With all that in mind... Let's get straight into it. This is the Fantasy Footy Podcast. Hello, everybody. Hello, Sasha. Hi, Sasha. <laughs> Who's giving me the death stare? Bit muggy. <laughs> I enjoyed it. All right, thanks. Everyone loves a bit of mug. Sorry, sorry, Love Island, John. Done. Jono. This is FPL Truth. This is FPL Truth. <laughs> he's, he's, he's been renamed by Deedpole. <laughs> Don't take it, mate. Don't take it. How many followers are you guys up to after we um, begged the listeners? Um, I, come on. I've had a serious increase. Oh. Can I tell you something that's really tragic? As I was on 29 earlier, mm. I've just got a new follower and I'm still on 29. <laughs> <laughs> so, someone must have dropped out. Amazing. Check my content Amazing. backed up. I'm, I'm actually stuck on 29. I was premature by saying that we've both got over 30 followers. So FBO Indiana is on the giddy heights of 29. Someone unfollowed you. Amazing. Whereas FBL Drew is a social <laughs> butterfly. Yeah. And has reached the dizzy heights of 36 followers. Oh, yeah. Please, Can you say Patreons? No. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> no, not yet, not yet. Let's crack on then with the week that was Game Week 2. And who was the top scorer, please? Not Bruno. 
Not Mo, not Riyadh, not even Mikhail. I've got massive thighs. I'm a chonker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I break West Ham's goal-scoring Premier League record. No, it was, in fact, 5.5 million, 8.7% owned Chelsea defender, England international, Reese James. 18 points at the Emirates. Goal, assist, clean sheet, all bonus points. England's right back. Wash, wash, wash. Should have started every game. Didn't. That's why we didn't win it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Can he become a permanent fixture in Tuchel's starting eleven? Who knows? But what we do know is that his finish was absolutely awesome and I'm all over it. But um, yeah, don't put him in your team because he probably won't play next week. What about surprise packages then? Well, it can't be James as well. So it has to be the new Villa captain and England lefty CB, Tyrone Mings. 15 points, assist and clean sheet for the big lad who's still big shout eligible at 9% owned and 5 million. Saw a few people had him on their monster boosted benches. So if you're one of those absolute mental managers, well played, Sam. Phil, you know what I'm going to ask you? Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen often, so revel in it. Please, (laughs) will you show... Us, mm. your tiny flop. Take us through it. Yeah, time to get the flopper out in the studio. Back up, guys. Uh, okay. Back uh, up! <laughs> before I start wielding the name of uh, this week's big flopper. So when I started planning this, I was really excited. I was very smug <laughs> after Moe's measly three-pointer versus Burnley on Saturday lunchtime. I was very excited, yeah, especially after 60% of our Twitter pollers told us they were captaining... The Egyptian king. But then Bruno happened. Um, 20 points against Leeds. One point against Southampton. Frustrating AF. He should have had an assist from a free kick. But he was outshone by Pogba again. Booked for moaning and looked a bit silly in those very yellow shorts he might have got. At least I didn't triple captain him like one poor guy did that I saw. Did he? (laughs) Yeah, shame. But uh, yeah, Bruno, I'm afraid you've gone from top scorer to biggest flopper. Wow. Hero to zero. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's crack on then with everyone's least favourite segment. And this time, I do believe it is back to earth with a bump, gentlemen. Oh, I top scored. Fantastic. (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, we'll get on to that in a bit, but carry on, Harry, go on. Harry, how did um, how did you do over there? Yeah, it wasn't great. Lucas Moura played 66 minutes, clickety-clicks, three points. Mm. Not as lively as last week. Uh, Bergwijn was the better of the wingers for uh, for Spurs. Um, Kane, though, came off the bench. Is he back? Maybe. Kane. Kane, she, she do, do it. it. Kane, <laughs> she come back. Kane, he come back. Anyway, uh, Lucas Moura, three points, clean sheet. Never mind. Um, <laughs> Johnny. Um, I'm going to class this as a victory. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Alan Sant, uh, ASM will go with 90 minutes, two points. All far to no poo versus Villa. Stupid headband wearing showboater, but twice the amount of points of Callum Wilson and one million cheaper. So bargain buckets all round. Wow. You should go into politics. Phil? Mm. Uh, Brian and Burmo hit the bar. He almost assisted Tony twice from corners. He looked lively all round, still feeling have uh, long-term value, but 75 minutes and uh, three points. Side note, however, Sash, is he's currently ranked 12th out of 236 Premier League mids in terms of creativity. So don't be too disillusioned. But uh, yeah, that has no three points. relevance I'm just, for our big shout. I'm just saying, like, he did play well. Just right at the bar three, and stuff. Yeah, just write sure, sure, three right. points in your new little tally and walk on. But I've just I'm, thought of a team name, by the way, guys. Go on. Go on. Kinder Umbueno. Like it. Really nice. Like it. Really nice. Here all week. 
I'm not actually. Um, it's about half not half. going on the poll. <laughs> but look, Sash, Harry. You did can have win. that for free, listeners, if you want it. Harry did win. Like Charlie Green will um, take it. Probably <laughs> should do. Thief. Little thief. Harry's expected points was five, and Lucas Mora got three. So Harry's expected points was the closest. So Harry does win this week, um, which means so far in the Big Shout Arena, uh, it's one win for Phil, one win for Harry, and nil point for JD. Just making up rules now. <laughs> what is going on? This is well, someone's got to win. That's the whole point of XP. People have talked about fans being back in the stadium, fans fighting, fans crying as examples of nature healing. And after the pandemic, to be honest, I think the panel. Being terrible at big shouts again is true proof of natural order being restored. Let's have a look then at the Listeners League. And Harry, what has been happening over there? Because we are genuinely ever-expanding, it seems. We are. It is 86 managers, Sash. Woohoo! about us. Let's keep our hair on. We're not quite <laughs> at the ton yet. We're not centurions, but we will be soon. Obviously, excellent news that we are nearing the century, but it does tip me closer to being outside of the top 50 <laughs> into the bottom half of the table. And uh, that's all That's all very sad, isn't it? <laughs> We're talking of heroes to zeros, and, um, and it's just getting worse and worse. But anyway, uh, the top scorer for the week was Philip Davidson. Yes, Pippo's 11 4.0 top scored for the second week on the bounce. Well done, Philip. And I must say, it is pretty tight up there, though. We've had a couple of newbies who scored very well in the first week, so there's only a couple of points in it. But I'm already about 60 points behind him. So anyway, uh, we'll move on to the more pressing matters. It is time for... The Name Game. The Name Game. Uh, so yes, we're going to do our nominations now. And uh, we'll nominate one team each uh, as our favourite team name in the name game. And then we'll put it to a poll. The manager of the winning team will then get one of the infamous fantasy footy pod mugs. And let me tell you, they are, they're worth competing for. Jono, you love using um, visual clues on an audio platform. Do you want to get out the mug that Phil's just handed you and show us? Yeah, here it comes. Um, can you wow. hear the oh, tactile look at that. boxiness? It's oh, like that's... fragile china. Yeah, that's stunning, that is. Great grip on it. Great grip. Anyway, uh, you're going to get one of those if you uh, win this on the Twitter poll. You might want to retweet and stuff so that you, uh, you get people voting for your team name. It's the kind of thing that Jono would do. Anyway... Uh, my nomination for the name game is debutant Dario Coates. Knowing's me, know are you, Zaha. Excellent. Well done, mate. <clears throat> Phil? Yeah, I mean, I actually think Big Shout Squad is a fantastic name and uh, was, <laughs> was really right up there. Um, now, I'm, I've got a bit of stick for this pre-recording, Sash, because I've never seen this one before because um, I don't look at people's team names. I just crack on to the bread and butter of FPL, but I really like Daniel John's Never Wears Prada. Um, actually made me chuckle, and I do love a pun, and of course, Jono's got a good story about Mr. Daniel John, which we might get onto later, but uh, yeah, my vote goes to Never Wears Prada. Mm, I like that one. Good film as well. Sensational Devil film. One. You're a pain in the ass, Jono. <laughs> not... Is my oh, name sorry, that's that, is that not the team name that you're going for? No, I'm not going for that you're one. You're not going for your pain in the ass? No, Someone... I feel like your pain in the ass has been it's a strong contender, don't get me wrong. It's been done in by Phil going for a bit of nepotism. Cause what do you mean? There's a bit of a... Uh, there's a side plot here. What's this not? I like Nathan Wears Prada. I'm, I'm very proud of Daniel and his team name. Yeah. But Phil, did you or did you not used to live with Daniel's brother? 
I'm not just me and Bradley. It was other people. We can't. We can't. It's um, like it's like we're cheating on competitions. There's yeah. whole like there's whole like terms and conditions. Like I we can't just down. give it to somebody who we who we want to win. Listen, I'm sorry. I mean, dogs, danglies, um, Galacticos. Um, you know, there's one here called Man U. We'd like to thank you all for joining us. Yeah, I'd just so like to say, Brad, such loyal <laughs> listeners to the podcast you know, okay. this time. Here we go. Galacticos, manager. I'd Gates just also say, please direct all OG. hate to Indiana FBL or whatever is <laughs> yeah, stupid. FBL Indiana. underscore Indiana. Listen, what I do Bad actually quite like followers. is Dyslexia Untied, but I thought it was a bit of a controversial one. It's not. Why is that controversial? I work with. Dyslexia. I'm dyslexic. That can be my one. On you go. There you go. Okay, that's Sasha's one. Dyslexia Untied. Sorry, Jono. Sorry, John. I'm going to go for Chris Potter's It'd Be Giroud Not To. Nice. Nice. Real clean. Nice. It is clean. It can get a bit smutty around here, yeah, around these can. parts. It can. That's just witty. I don't want to talk about Phil nice. Slop anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Very clean. I'd also like to point out that someone else has taken the name Wet Ass Pookie. <laughs> we agreed before we started recording this that you weren't going to say that. Well, I am. I can't keep them under control anymore. the steam coming out of his ears. But you know what? Who is it? Who did it? Charlie Green. Charlie Green. Charlie Green. They do say that imitation is the finest form of... <laughs> highest. Flattery. Highest, highest, highest. So thanks, Charles. <laughs> yes, Charles. Green with envy he was. Yeah. Oi, oi. Oh, watch out. Steam coming out of Jono's wet-ass pookie. <laughs> Very, yeah. Um, <laughs> Sasha, have you got a favourite team name? Are you going for dyslexia untied? That is funny. Yeah, but I like you're a pain in the ass. Yes! I feel like that should win. Hang on, so you two are both going for that? No, no, no I've got he's Dario's got, Knowings Me, Noah Yu's Aha. All I'm saying about Pain in Diaz is I feel I've seen it in loads of other leagues. Oh, big chat. It was chat. like Crystal Phallus Big chat. Yeah, exactly. No, it was not. Yeah. I've not seen it ever before. Do you want to know, know the fantastic part about news? Four million times. The best news is that as a dyslexic, I can't really read, so I haven't seen it in any league, so on it goes. There we go. <laughs> Your so pain and Dias is the other, is the other, the fourth and final. It will go to the Twitter vote. If you want to win that mug and you are one of those managers, get on the RTs, get get canvassing, get your friends, get Change your families to be voting, following us as well. Um, we should do that kind of like follow us, that follow our post to win a mug and like and share with five million people. You sound so much like producer Tom. Yes, I do. <laughs> anyway. It's like he's in the room. It's, <laughs> it's scary. I've got to oh, chill. Oh, gosh. He's not there. He's a long, long way away. Yes, thank you can God. Do about that. Anyway, uh, if you want to be part of all this fun and you want to have a chance of uh, having your team name read out and being top scorer in the Listener League, then you have to join it, aren't you? And the code to do so is OTCUN. <laughs> O-T-C-U-N. Business leaders are currently standing on the precipice of the biggest fundamental shift that we have seen in decades. The status quo is out the window. Things are not going back to the way that they were. I'm Elise Hugh. And I'm Josh Klein. We're the hosts of Built for Change, a new podcast from Accenture. On Built for Change, we hear from business leaders about the urgent challenges companies are facing as they step into the future. We're talking about the changing workforce, sustainability, new technologies, and so much more. Subscribe to Built for Change now so you don't miss an episode. Let's move on to Hot Hot Topics. Right, I'm going to start off Hot Topics this week because, yes, Sasha, I have made a graph. I was (laughs) slaving away like an office wench this morning, uh, getting ready for the big old pod record because I was uh, crunching some numbers and whipping some boys by the (laughs) things. 
I was interested by the ongoing debate about form versus fixture when mm. considering your transfers and even more importantly when choosing your captain. So I've done a graph and some digits and numbers about the whipping boys. It's not too late to whip it. Whip it good. So this graph represents uh, the average goals conceded at home and away over the past three seasons, plus the first two fixtures of the 21-22 campaign to see if there was a significant difference between home and away form. So there's 10 teams in total, including the eight who are considered as a green two on the official FDR ratings list, plus Burnley and plus Leeds, who've already looked a little leaky this season. Now, of course, there are teams here that have spent at least one season in the championship in that time, meaning that they face a lesser calibre of club and therefore their averages have been boosted. Um, but I'm going to roll through what I think are the most interesting findings. And first up, it's Southampton with the worst home and away record, conceding on average 1.6 and 1.8 goals, respectively. Brentford has the best home and away record out of the bunch, conceding an average of 0.9 and 1.1 goals, respectively. Obviously, all three of their past seasons were spent in the championship, but they are yet to concede so far in the Prem, so they are looking defensively sound. Hmm. Over the past three seasons, Norwich have conceded a fairly respectable average of 1.3 goals, both at and away from home. However, if you discount the year that they spent in the championship and instead base their average on just the last two seasons in the Prem, as well as the couple of matches in the current campaign, they jump up to conceding a massive 2.0 goals a game for both home and away. So they're conceding on average two goals away from home and two goals at home. Hence why it's always good to captain someone playing Norwich. And lastly, Leeds and Palace are the two teams that have the biggest difference between their home and away form. Leeds conceding an average of 0.9 goals at home, but conceding 1.3 goals on the road. And Palace conceding 1.3 goals at home and conceding 1.7 away from Selhurst Park. So yes, that is a lot of numbers keep an eye on our socials and we will try to post some sort of sexy graph to keep you all rubbing your thighs nice that's the whipping boys whip out like fpl indiana whip it real good i want to go home um (laughs) (laughs) so uh big rom then he's definitely back he even called himself dominant in an interview the man is lean confident and he scored versus arsenal on super sunday so with harry kane's future still undecided Is he the premium forward that we should all be getting in ASAP or because of the Liverpool away fixture next? Do you hold firm for now? Mm. Hold a door. Well, yeah. I mean, to quote Gary Neville, uh, he's going to be a problem. Um, He is a different footballer now to what he was, I think, a couple of years ago at Man United and away from FPL, just on a kind of behavioural analytics side. I read a thread about how he's showing more dominant behaviours already at Chelsea because he's come back feeling like the man because he's obviously a uh, winner in Italy. So, yeah, he is going to be a real problem uh, for defenders uh, and I think a real asset in FPL. Um, I've read a lot of chat about wild cards being used in game week four, Sash. Um, he's already 17% owned. It's probably more by now as well. Um, you know, there's there's kind of theories that if you kind of get rid of Salah and get Jota in, then you can make the money up uh, and get Lukaku in. I'm going to hold firm for now. I'm going to see how he does against big VVD and TAA this weekend. Um, but yeah, I do feel like he could be well on the way to the golden boot this season. I'm going to try and stay firm, um, unlike Phil's little flopper, and hold off till game week seven. 
when the Chelsea have a drastic fixture switch. Um, we've got Spurs, Liverpool and City in three of the next four. And then there's a sea of green come game week seven. And I think up until then, the cheaper forwards can cover the Antonios, the Wilsons, the DCLs. Um, but the only problem waiting till then is I'm sure he will be closer to 12 million. Um, That's what you got to do though, because there's no point bringing him in when notoriously he doesn't score against uh, the top six clubs. I mean, people, yeah, he's been a flat track bully thus far in his Premier League career, so they say, but uh, I can see him scoring in the next few weeks. But That was well, before when they had him on the wrong diet, when he was having yeah. gluten or something. Yeah, Conte right. came along and gave him some nuts. But uh, yeah, I think, uh, to be honest, I, I think the, the litmus test is this weekend, Saturday night football, 5.30. Whoa. Um, so let's just have a watch and see how he does. But yeah, I'm going to hold off for now. Oh yeah, I'm leaving him well alone. I can't risk binning off Salah or Bruno yet. And yeah, of course, you can say that thing about Jota, but Salah ain't ever getting dropped. No, Jota might well. Even though he scored two and two, isn't he? So, you know, um, yeah, really, really happy that he's got two and two and took him out. Anyway, uh, yep, yep, yep. Uh, I hate my team. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk then about those mid-range forwards. So, Tony Blank versus Palace, DCL and Ing scored. What are we saying this week? I mean, Tony could have had a hat-trick, mm. as could DCL if it wasn't for Melier. Um, Bamford got an assist. I think he's being overlooked and looked good again. And Ings' finish was just superb. So so really good. looks at home at Villa Park, Yeah, um, unlike Buendia. Do you know something fun about that? And on the topic of Buendia, right? Gimme, gimme. I was listening to Five Live on... I was driving at the time when uh, there was the Villa game was on. And I'm pretty... I'm 90% sure that the commentator got it entirely wrong and said Buendia had scored and Emmy Brandier on his home debut screaming the outside and I was like Carla was in the back whilst I was driving and I could just I was listening to her semi and then I was like just fist bumping come on yes finally come up Millhouse and it turned out it was a uh, few little stats on those mid-price forwards. Um, you've got Tony, five shots, two shots on target. Mm. Uh, Wilson, three shots, zero on target. Ings, just the two shots, one on target. Um, I mean, DCL, four shots, four yeah. on target. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Oh. Uh, that's the one that's really tempting. I'll talk about, we'll talk about transfers later. But yeah, those mid-price forwards, they're doing the business. Yeah, I'm going to speak quickly about Adams and Armstrong at Southampton Sash. They've got 18 points between them so far. And they're one of the few teams left in the Prem that actually play with two up top. Mm. Uh, combined ownership of under 5%. They're nice alternatives to the more mentioned mid-range forwards, as we just talked about. And to me, especially Adam Armstrong, I mentioned him, I think, in the first pod that we did a couple of weeks back. He was lively against United. He really harassed Harry Maguire and Victor Lindelof. And he just looks tailor-made for the Prem. He's quick, he's stocky. Um, and I really feel we can have a good debut season at Southampton. And if you look at their fixtures, I think from game week eight onwards for about 10 weeks, They've got some lovely fixtures, so keep an eye on Adam Armstrong because he's only six mil at the moment. So uh, I think Che's seven million, but uh, those two for me are worth keeping an eye on. Antonio's looking a little bit like a choosing snooze. Oh, choosing snooze! Well. Yeah, oh, I brought him in. I brought him in. That's that. That made my work week horrendous. I I was doing all right. I was well above average, and then Antonio comes in with sixteen points and. Good night, Vienna. No, it's below average, baby. Seven um, shots, four shots on target. Wow. Um, a huge XGI of 1.6. Eight penalty touches, the most of anyone in that game. Yeah, he's doing the biz. From the yeah. first minute as well, he was just, he's so direct. 
and he's got a better touch. I mean, his first goal last night, if Lukaku had scored that, people would be raving about it. The way he touch, yeah. turn, bang. Yeah. So, yeah, he is hot to trot. Yeah, Chris Sutton it? was going nuts for it on the radio. Yeah. So was fun. producer Tom. He absolutely loves the guy. Producer Tom loves him. <laughs> loves him. Anyway. Harry, sticking with you, you mentioned Chelsea and Spurs' defence last episode. So two more clean sheets happen. You're a bit of a mystic man nowadays. That's what they call me. <laughs> no longer Harry Daddy Fell, eh? No. So um, let's talk about Marcus Alonso then. Is he a real asset to consider? What about Chilwell? Will he come back soon? What do you think? I just think it's too risky with those guys, those Chelsea defenders. They're, they're rotated too heavily. I think he's still kind of working on that. It was interesting that he played him two weeks in a row though, but I think against uh, Liverpool, he'll go for Chilwell because he's better defensively. I So I, I wouldn't go for Alonso, even though his free kick was lovely on the opening day of the season. Uh my ones would be I'm looking at Spurs seriously um, two impressive defensive performances mm. played against Man City the team who scored the most goals in the Premier League last season didn't concede and Eric Dyer was at the heart of the defence um, so yeah I mean Lloris is someone really worth thinking about putting uh, in your uh, in your team he is the big shout squad's keeper um, and uh, fun fact about the big shout squad uh, didn't touch it haven't touched it since uh, since auto picking it and it's got some rubbish players and it's got Firmino in there and uh, <laughs> and it's outscored me this week <laughs> with, with Lloris in it so oh, uh, yeah it. yeah hate to see it <laughs> um, so yeah anyway I, I would really look at Chelsea either Mendy or, or, or Lloris both great choices but obviously Chelsea's games are quite tough Spurs are starting to ease up a little bit uh, but Spurs' rotation is much less and they've got uh, they've got better fixtures and um, they're cheaper but at the same time you know still juries out a little bit mm. Yeah Spurs was an interesting one because as you said they haven't conceded yet and you know that's no mean feat when playing City but they've conceded 43 shots in the first two games, mm. which is the worst out of everyone Shut the in the whole up. league. Really? So I guess that could be a little bit of people shooting from, you know, distance and whatnot. Mm. But you had that moment where Troyor is one-on-one with oh. Lloris and he, as you've said before, Harry cannot finish his dinner. No. So for me, I'm waiting a few more, uh, I'm waiting a few more game weeks. <laughs> and now they're buying him. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. I think Wolves have had the most shots in the first two games. They've had a ridiculous, something like 39 shots in the first two games or something. So something's up and they do have some real nice fixtures coming up Wolves but um, yeah apparently Spurs are looking at Adama the, the Triori thing's weird like he never Nuno never used to start him mm. so why does he want to buy him now anyway we'll move on let's have a chat then about Sadio Mane he looked back at his best versus Burnley he got a goal 8 FPL points and at 11.9 million and I think only 3.7% owned is he a potential salary alternative in the coming weeks maybe oh. Um, he could have scored a couple, couldn't he? Um, and he looks very, very single-minded again. There's definitely something amiss with those two. I, I, they kind of don't seem to like each other on the pitch. Um, and as we know, he's got immense FBL pedigree. It can't be ignored. Even when he has a Southampton, he's got over 130 points every season since 2014. So I think he is a tasty alternative to Salah. I, again, I keep saying it, but Liverpool-Chelsea this weekend for FPL and for Premier League kind of visions uh, in the next few weeks, I think it's a massive game and it will tell us a lot about which way both clubs are going. Um, like Harvey Elliott, for example, is cheap in FPL. He had a great game against Burnley. Will he play against Chelsea? He got the assist for the assist, didn't he, I think, for the, for the second goal. Um, but yeah, Mane is looking tasty again, in my opinion. Well, he got the assist for the goal that was ruled out as well. For Salah. Yeah, that's right, yeah. 
Uh, it looked much more dangerous than Salah last game. Mm. Um, seven shots for uh, on target, as opposed to Salah's five and one. Um, Mane's XGI one point four, Salah's zero point four, um, and there is a point six price difference and a huge difference in ownership. On prices, let's talk about price rises. So coming thick. And fast, some huge jumps last night for Antonio and Ben Rama. That deadly duo we warned you about last week. And now managers are panicking about getting them into their squads. So what do you guys think? What should they do? I mean, yeah, panic. Like, I feel like, yeah, pan- panic, <laughs> panic. Every goal going whilst I was driving, stuck in diversions on the M4 going... Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Antonio, especially the annoying thing was I just didn't see Leicester doing that. I didn't see them capitulating. Obviously, the, the red card's a big, big difference maker, but it was just very annoying. I don't want West Ham to do well. There's too many West Ham fans who are friends with me. They uh, look really, he, really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it also annoys me that we could have had Moyes back around the <laughs> Ancelotti. Yeah, I know. It was around the Ancelotti time on about, like, and obviously we've got Ancelotti. Great, but. Was it the right fit? Anyway, uh, Moyes is pulling up trees with that team. They are they are a brilliant, brilliant team. Though. He's quite lucky with the squad that's there, ready ready for him. Like Declan Rice at the heart of it, yeah. like <clears throat> brilliant. Suchek as well, great investment. Good keeper, Fabianski. Competitive mm. keepers now without yeah, Ariola. Well. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a they're they're a blooming good team, and it's really really they're just it's so complete all over. I don't know if there's any real missing pieces. And that's very, very not, not while Antonio's fit. So, Sash, in terms of price, he's gone up to 7.7 million. Yeah, I got him I in think. just before that price rise. I um, saw that coming. Yeah, I mean, last week I transferred Ian Atchu out and got uh, Antonio in for 7.5 mil. So I went from 1.16, which was absolute humdinger of a move. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is why I think people are talking about wildcards because they are the, the current deadly Joe in the league. How long it will last? Not too sure. As we all know, Antonio's hammies like to pull up. And I did see a little picture earlier of the last time Antonio was in this kind of form and they were playing relegation fodder was Fulham, I think, maybe last year. And his hammies went and he didn't score and that was it. So he is a bit cursed in that respect. So be careful. But yeah, I mean... Minus fours, maybe if you're really panicking I just about don't think, it. I just don't think so. I think no, no. I mean, I, I, for Antonio, obviously, I've got a spare transfer for Ben Ram, but I am going to keep faith with Buendia for one more week, even though he's lost value. So it's <laughs> so they're now they were originally 0.5 apart at the start of the season. Now they're 0.2 apart, which ah. is just well. If you look at my graph, um, <laughs> they're playing Crystal Palace next at home, and they Crystal are. Palace. Concede a lot of goals away from home, yeah, and then they face Southampton away, yeah. and Southampton concede quite a lot of goals <laughs> at home. So um, read the and, graph, and, read the graph, and Stop Brentford away to Villa, who Buendia's got. So maybe I should just get Ben Rama in and get over myself. Yeah. Get Benny Boy, Barry. I'm re- I've been reading like graph. Villa blogs about how well Buendia <laughs> plays. Villa blogs, I've got graph. Just Come get on the Benny train. He got, he got scored still eight room. out of ten. He's like <laughs> showed some real classes of of show moments of class. But uh, well, it's him or or Jack Harrison. I mean, Jack Harrison could go. He could face the Boring. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't have a great game, Harrison, at the weekend. I'd say Rafinha's goal was absolutely Harrison. But he's the kind of guy who just turns up and starts scoring two goals yes. and win. Got eighteen goal involvements last season. Mm-hmm. That's basically mm-hmm. one one every other game. Mm-hmm. He hasn't done that yet. It's only two games in, Harry. I know. Hey, this is what I'm saying. I need to stop being so reactionary. <laughs> All right, knee joke, Nigel. Yeah. <laughs>
Let's have a look at the burning questions for game week three. 12.30 on Saturday, it's Man City versus Arsenal at the Etihad. After their 5-0 thrashing of Norwich, is now the time to look at City assets, especially with the Gunners looking so weak at the back. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Who? Uh, Which yes. one? I, I actually think, I'm jumping the gun a little bit here, I think I might get rid of uh, Kai Havertz and bring in Grealish. Um, I know Grealish's goal was really scrappy, but it was almost the perfect Man City goal, i.e. from two yards out. And Pep just seems so happy about it. So to say, that's what I want from this guy. I want him to get in the back post as a left winger and just tap all these goals in. So I'm I'm really tempted by the hundred. It was a very Sterling player. position he was in, wasn't it? Yeah, it? yeah, it was. I mean, Sterling's goal was very, very Sterling as well. But, but then Pep says after the game, he's like, yeah, we'll have probably six different players starting oh. next game. So you're like, who? And it's who? Who? Tell me. Such a bold muppet. Probably Mares. Mares didn't start that last no, game. No, but he came on and scored, didn't so, he? And that's, that's a really good point, actually. Um, maybe it's not as risky as you think because these players can come on and score. Yeah. We saw it with Jota last yeah. season as well. We <clears> saw it with Salah last season when he came on and did that huge haul from the bench. Mm-hmm. So someone like Mares, it might still be worth it. Yeah, and I, I think, going back to Grealish quickly, I think, obviously, because he costs so much money, I think he'll just play every week at the moment until he maybe goes for a wobble or some rotation after they start being in Europe. But for now, I think Grealish is probably pretty nailed on star every week, isn't he? And talking about wobbling, looking at the other half of your question, Sash, Arsenal do look wobbly. Oh, wow. So bad. To say how good they were at the t- tail end of last season, they've not brought that form this season at all. Do you and think if stop- they get a battering, he'll go? Yeah, yeah. Do, do, do you think if it's like oh, what, what do we reckon? Over three, over three, he'll yeah. go. If well, if it's three nil, he's all right. If it's four, he'll go. Yeah, because you know they're getting booed. It's Conte rumours, isn't there? And Antonio Conte wants to come back to London. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I would definitely look at City assets this week, Sash. Definitely. Up next, then Paul Pogba. He is now seven point six million and has five assists in two games, the most of any player ever after two matches in Prem history. Is he now looking great value at this price and this stage of the season? Harry, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I really am considering, if I, if I was to wildcard, I'm considering him. United haven't got bad fixtures. Uh, that, and also, I just think they're fixture-proof. Um, obviously, Neville's laid into him about the, old, uh, about the old result against Southampton. But when I was, again, listening to my radio, um, listening to my wireless, it sounded <laughs> like uh, they, they were just piling the pressure and just got unlucky, really. Um, A little bit. And... Uh, yeah, he's someone to really think about. Obviously, Mason Greenwood the same. Mm. Uh, he's also seven point six now. He's got the goals, but Pogba is more uh, reliable in terms of being picked every week. And I, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he'll sign a new contract. Yeah, he did look sublime versus Southampton. He could have had like goal of the season. He should have scored a hat trick, really, a header, and then a couple of volleys and whatever. Um, Jaden Sancho's price is going down, I think, but I think he probably will start away at Wolves now that United dropped two points. And don't forget Edison Cavani's waiting in the wings. There are a few. There are just a few things on Saturday, sorry Sunday, where I think if United had a proper centre forward, i.e. Greenwood's obviously been a winger a lot of his career so far. If Cavani was playing, I think United would have won. He got two goals there last season as well. And uh, I do think, going back to Pogba, I think he's benefiting from this Grealish and Lukaku fee thing, i.e. they're now more expensive than him. I just think the pressure's off a bit and that's why he's playing so well. Part of the reason. What about Deli Alley then? He's on pens. He looks sharp versus Wolves. Jono, is your massive shout about to start happening? 
No. Inevitable, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd forgot, genuinely yeah, forgotten about it's Inevitable. It's been really nice. I mean, um, Harry Kane wasn't on the, on the pitch no, at the time. Yeah, Let's true, not forget. No, no. And also, he, he said afterwards that um, it's basically between him and Son. And the manager sort of talks about before every game who is on pens that day. Um, I think the fact that he won the pen helps. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, on his side, the fact he scored it, it's hard to then take away penalty duties from him if True. Kane isn't playing. Um, but yeah, he's playing deeper um, than you would usually expect Ali to play. I mean, if you watch the Match of the Day highlights, he's very much box-to-box right now, doing a great old shift, but looking lively up top as well. So it's too early for me to start uh, polishing my trophy, as it were. But um, Don't you polish anything in here, mate. Yeah, please. Please. Yeah, it's looking good for Dell. Simicast. FPL's cult hero of 2021 to 2022 so far. A great assist versus Burnley and 11 points. But with Andy Robertson close to a return, what do managers do? The Scots have just got to come and ruin everything, haven't they? Yeah, I think I think Robertson will come in. Phil doesn't think so. Uh, I, I just can't see Simicast being trusted with this. I mean, this could be a, a title... What, in the third game? No, but I mean, between the top two, it could be, you know... I mean, it's so important. You've got, yeah. you've got to set your stall out early. Mm. It could stop anyone's momentum. I think they'll want Andy Robson to play. He's got the experience. He was on the bench last week. He's had a whole week to get fully fit. He'd been, you know, he could have been called upon. Otherwise, what's the point in putting him on the bench? It can't be mind games. I just think, I think Robson will start. So what I'd say is, managers, cash in. Simicast, he's 4.2 now. So mm. if you add him from 4.0, and you're making that sweet buck. And you could swap him in for somebody like Duffy, who's starting every week, who's scored, mm-hmm. or for someone like Livramento, Livramento, who looks very. He was he was the best player on the pitch apart from Pogba. Um, he was very impressive. Yeah, so I'm so looking at him. Maybe as my other transfer. Maybe. Yeah. Let's crack on then with Team Tinker Corner. Yay! We haven't thought of a better name yet, so nope. that's clearly staying. Yep. Captain picks Phil. I am going for. Mikhail Antonio, home versus Palace. Let's have it. Johnny? Uh, I'm going to stick, well, say stick. I'm going to go with Bruno for the first time this season. Yeah, I think I'll do the same. What, away at Wolves? Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, God, doubting it already. No, I'm sticking with Mikhail Antonio. Yeah, I, just, I, I think Fernandez has just got a higher ceiling than, than, uh, than Antonio right now. I mean... I'm, inevitably this is going to go horribly wrong inevitably <laughs> I think having Antonio in your side is enough for now yes. um, and I'm going to try and stick to your your usual contenders for captaincy for the first 10 weeks Yeah. what about formation choices I'm 3-4-3 three, three, baby I'm going uh, Shaw Trent and Digne at the back oh <laughs> Digne's winding me up man Shaw's winding me up too he got four points he got two bonus points but did nothing yeah. so he only scored four points he's an absolute anyway. fraud no, he's he, absolute he, fraud he's not sir. Luke fraud <laughs> fraud no anyway Shaw uh, Martinez oh, I want him gone as well I bet he won't he got a clean sheet didn't he yeah I bet he won't he ne- I mean he nearly conceded a penalty would have done had he not been a toenail offside uh, anyway yeah I hate my team Three four three as well for me, Sash. I'm going three five two, and I am keeping the faith with Ivan Tony. Yeah, same. So, wait, so you're benching him for this week? No, no it'd be two. Tony and Antonio. Tony and and, and who's and, your third? Oh, you got a cheap third attack. Yeah, he's like right. uh, Obafemi. Right, yeah, four point is it? Mm. Choosers and snoozes. Okay, so TAA, 
that's pretty much it. I mean, like, Shaw is teetering a little bit. I do love the man so much. Um, obviously, Bruno, despite his <laughs> blanking. We, we've all fired blanks, Bruno. Don't worry about that. Um, and I did mention earlier, but depending on Saturday night of football, Salah might make way soon for Jota, but let's see how it goes. But for me, TAA, Shaw and Bruno are my chooses and snoozes. Uh, mine's DCL uh, on pens now. In it, like He took it very well as well. He did. Uh, and he's done it. He scored a great penalty for England as well previously and TAA and Fernandez. So I've only got three players in my team that I like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, TAA for me as well Antonio for me as well I think he's just proving to be great value Um, let's talk about Salah briefly Um, it's going around on FPL Twitter right now Um, after game week three it's the international break Mm -hmm. and Egypt we talked about this last week on the pod and because of who Egypt Egypt are playing and because of quarantine rules etc etc he could well be out for game week four against Leeds they're not letting him go has that been confirmed? Liverpool have told the Egyptian FA they don't want him to go. I think I saw that today as well. Oh, well then everything's fine. <laughs> Keep him in your team. Don't worry about it. <laughs> False alarm. False alarm. As you were. I mean, he might, he might manage to stomp about a bit, but I'm pretty sure that they're not going to let him go. Interesting. All right. And finally, any chips with that? No. Nope. I'm on a diet. No, right. you need to be. I just see. I saw a guy the other day. He got forty-four points in his bench boost last week. Forty-four, but no, no chips in mine. I'm a business owning meal prepping twenty four seven super mom. But who isn't nowadays? And for me, first day of school success begins at Office Depot Office Max, where everything my kids need to start the year strong is in one place, like a laptop for my high schooler, backpacks and notebooks for the little ones, and hand sanitizer for all of the above. I can even order things for my business. It's all available in store and online at OfficeDepot.com and at low prices all season long. Office Depot Office Max. Their business is to keep school going. Let's have a look at transfer talk. So I know we're still only two weeks in, gentlemen, but any panic moves already? Any players that are really giving you the ick? God forbid, any minus fours, even though minus fours are okay. They're okay. fine, yeah, they're okay. They're okay, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I should have probably held out for Wilson because he's at home this weekend, Southampton, who concede a lot of goals, apparently. Um, but uh, I, I just couldn't, you, I couldn't not not have Antonio it's too much of a risk in terms of what's called F- effective ranking effective ownership effective, effective ownership yeah. that's it mm-hmm. uh, his, I bet his effective ownership was just through the I mean it was through the roof so if I left it another week it would have been absolute curtains for me already if he'd have scored again so had to get him in Wilson soz mate um, Wendy he's got one more week uh, they've also got a rubbish run of fixtures. Uh, Villa will see a red after this one. So, uh, yeah, Brentford's defence worrying me. Um, but, uh, yeah, Dinier's also a fraud. <laughs> I, I have a feeling Dinier, I'm going to keep him this week. I think he'll get an assist against Brighton. And uh, it, I am really scared about having no Chelsea players. But I really think, Sash, uh, Jack, Jack the lad, Captain Carves, I'm, I think I'm going to bring him in, uh, bring him in as my one free transfer. That's one of my things, you know, not... I think Chelsea stand a huge chance of winning the league and they've got good value players Mm. I always feel like you need to have at least two players from the team that are going to win the league if you're going to win your mini league 
you say that, yeah. the City won the league last season yeah. and they didn't have any players that went over 200 point mark. Then yeah. uh, no... I seem to remember a certain point in time where everybody had Diaz and Stones and uh, they scored a shed load of points and I didn't have them and that's where <laughs> my season uh, derailed and uh, similarly Gundawan, I thankfully had him for that bit and that's where seasons fill, uh, Phil's season yeah exactly because I was like that's where Phil's going to stop derailed. scoring and then he scored like 11 yeah kept on well. going so yeah there's and obviously previous seasons that Kevin De Bruyne I had him that's why I had a good time anyway. good time um, I've done something that I don't usually do mm? um, I've transferred early I've transferred early. Uh, I'm usually the person that does it Friday night, a few hours before the deadline because oh, I want to. I want to stress all week about it. But I've decided <laughs> such to an actor. Pay more, <laughs> I've decided to pay more attention to team value this year mm. um, because a lot of people uh, say it's important. So I did a very swift transfer of Simicast out for Duffy. Nice. I've got that sweet 4.2 down to another 4.0 because I think Brighton looking really good. Duffy's taking shots here, there and everywhere. Mm, Duffy's, um, Duffy's up to 4.1 well. now, so that's interesting. Great Man, header. getting that bag money. Um, and my second one <laughs> is I watched West Ham Leicester last night and I love Harvey Barnes. Be you're out of there, son. He's gone. Oh, He's gone by I think he might not start up. next week. I think they might go back to 4-4-2 yeah, and bring Inacho <laughs> up. Yeah. Um, Harvey Barnes at poor. He didn't have a shot. He created one chance. So Buendia has stayed for another week for his last final performance. He's at the judges' houses. He's ready to go. Um, and then Hopefully he'll score another bicey. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, so yeah, I've made my two. I might do a minus four oh. and just take out Salah and bring in Son and Captain Son for the week just to be absolutely wrong. Oh but um, it's all a go. Just a little note to say, to not forget that your FPL transfer deadline for game week three is 11am GMT on Saturday the 28th of August. Big shouts then, gents. Game week three. You know the drill. No demand whatsoever. Nope. <laughs> Still. <laughs> Maybe we one of these again. days. But we love it and that's all that matters. No, it's not. It's the adverts. Um, <laughs> Jono. <laughs> I am going with Spurs' as Stephen Bergwine, um, mainly because that filthy skill he did on that oh, left wing. Um, I was texting Phil saying, <laughs> what did he actually, do? Actually, you don't need to know what I was texting Phil, Sasha. <laughs> Not making a graph. Away. <laughs> yeah. How do you make a graph, Bill? Uh, no, two shots on target, two chances created last game, just 0.9% ownership and six mil. <clears throat> Facing a Watford side that are historically poor away from home. If only there was a graph to prove that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Harry. 30 followers. Sorry. Uh, I've got... <laughs> I just got there. Brilliant. Oh, yeah. It's really nice. good that Phil is so focused when we're doing this recording yeah, that he's on good, his phone. Good, 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 good. Well, I'm glad this is like a live pod. Anyway, uh, Davinson Sanchez is mine. 4.5 mil, 1.5% ownership. Don't at me. He's super cheap. Clearly the favourite under Nuno. He's starting every game. Two bonus points last week as well in the win against Wolves. And uh, yeah, Spurs suddenly great at the back. Two clean sheets in two games. Watford, pretty, pretty toothless they were away from home against Brighton last week. It was a real, um, well, I was, I was very disappointed with them. But anyway, I'm going for Davinson Sanchez. Phil? Well, I got a bit of stick for this <clears throat> from Jono. I decided to ignore it because um, he wanted to move That's what he was texting me, was it? Yeah. Bit of a stick. He was like, ooh, look at the goal follower or something like that. I can't remember very what he reactionary. said. Very reactionary. Anyway, I'm going for Damari Gray. 
5.5 mil. Um, he's a new toffee for Harry's Blues. 0.8% owned. He's looked very lively in the first two game weeks. He came to Leicester from Birmingham and he was touted as like the next big thing. I think he's only 25, 26 still. Scored a great goal versus Leeds. I did tip him to be the bargain of the season to one of my mates recently. Lots of talent, points to prove. And with a real-life price tag of only £1.6 million. So there's absolutely no pressure on the guy. So I think <laughs> someone's written something here. I think he's definitely one to watch. And I think he's uh, going to get another assist this weekend. That was me because I was going to be reactionary as well. Oh, were you going to? Yeah, oh, right. Yeah, okay, right. I was t- saying at work, say, oh, yeah, I've got... Uh, they were like, who's your big shout this week? And I was like, Demario Gray. <laughs> <laughs> then I went, went on it a lunchtime to start writing my bit. And I was like, oh, you... Yeah, Point. Sorry, mate. Um, also, XP, expected points. Yeah. Yeah, oh, hello. Say, go on. Um, I'm going to go for nine. Whoa. Wow. Nine. Bergvine. So, Watch two out. for over 60 minutes. Wait, wait, wait. I need Five for a goal. Oh. No clean sheet. No. No clean sheet. And one bonus point. Woof. Do the Woof Duffy Bergvine. City. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> Harry, you go next. You go next. Yes. Uh, I'm going for seven points. I'm going for one bonus <laughs> Clean sheet, 90 mins, baby. Um, so sorry, you're going for Sanchez. You're going for seven, did you say? Seven! Seven! Men Goodman. Yeah. Um, okay, so Damari Gray, I'm going to go for all... I'm going to go for eight points. Mate. I'm going to go for eight points, Damari Gray, uh, and he is away. Break it down for me. How are those points coming in? I don't How know. they coming in? I Two assists? I, I just let me... I'm just... Um, Everton away at Brighton. Uh, I think I don't we're going to keep a clean sheet. Yeah, I just, yeah. Nah. Yeah, whatever. No. Nah. I just didn't want to get 7 9. We, have, we haven't won it. there yet in the Premier League. That doesn't matter. That stuff's rubbish. And on that note, that is all that we have got time for then this week. Do give us a follow at Fantasy Footy Pod. Vote in our polls, guys and gals. And please don't leave us if Phil offended you about your team name. Oh. That little rant he had over there. Don't worry, we're all going to check in on him throughout the week. Jono's going to text him. Uh, and that's it. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Happy yeah. old Droog. <laughs> when the craving hits, Wingstop delivers. Because nothing's better than our wings in 11 mouth-watering, soul-satisfying flavors. Go boneless, go classic, go lemon pepper or spicy Korean Q. Whatever you choose, you'll be satisfied. Go to Wingstop.com now and get it delivered right to your door. Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. The Labor Day savings inside the Home Depot means something different once you're back out there doing. In here, it's three bags of miracle Grow garden soil for $10. Out there, it's a backyard that looks like a million bucks. In here, it's a special buy on a Lillard White bath vanity. Out there, it's a guest bath ready for guests. Get back to more doing with store-wide savings for house-wide doing. Only at the Home Depot. HUD tours get more done. Valid through September 6, 2021. Limit 75 bags per customer. Waspa's last T-store for details. U.S. only. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review.
for the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them. We are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Reuniting with loved ones is more important than ever this summer. And the beach isn't just calling your name, it's calling the whole family. Verbo has thousands of private beach homes wherever the ocean meets the land. So you can find the perfect vacation home on the perfect stretch of beach with something for everyone. The time for getting back together is now. Download the Verbo app and make your reunion happen with Verbo. Hello, Keyforge community. I am Ewok Jr., and today, coming at you from Archon's Corner, we have one Mr. Dr. Sheep. Yay! And we also brought in a special guest, so we are super excited to be able to bring one of AC's regulars, someone who has done phenomenally well, and that is the Drazcore. Hey guys, how's it going? So, uh, Drazcore, if you guys recognize the voice, you should definitely uh, recognize Drazcore's coming to us. Tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of where you're coming from, and then we'll jump into some uh, notes. So, wh- why would I recognize your voice? Why would you recognize my voice? Well, I, I am I am on another podcast. So, uh, myself and Jupiter are co-hosts of the KFPL Weekly Podcast. Um, though, as I was just mentioning, these guys were thinking about renaming it since, uh, you know, we don't really talk about KFPL. That, sometimes we do, but that, not exclusively. And we're certainly not weekly. So uh, we're, we're, we're thinking about new names. So uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what we come up with. I'm, I'm on something like I am the master now and you're, you're going to be in charge of the show. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I will say, we love the, the, the laughter that is there. Your giggle is contagious, and it's well known that that is you. Uh, okay. Drazgor is really <laughs> humble, though. So what you're missing um, out there in Radioland is that he falls as one of the AC regulars. So being able to play in our Seals on Tuesday, being able to play with Pink Bunny Games on uh, Wednesday, we see him on Sunday as well, uh, host of KFPL Weekly, Volt Tour winner, second at Keyforge Live in the Sealed, and one of three members from our team event that won at Keyforge Live. So we brought you on for the last two different pieces. <laughs> okay. You've you've just been absolutely rocking it. That was a wonderful weekend, but you know you're a solid oh, yeah. player outside of that too. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, and I you know I mean I I mean I'm sure I'm I'm sure I'm a good player. I I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's weird, like to say I'm humble. I don't know. I don't feel like an amazing, amazing player, but I, I just have a lot of fun playing KeyForge, playing with different folks, and uh, um, you know, I have fun just trying to do well, but also just have fun playing mediocre decks with fun things in them. So always having fun. 
part of part of the community. That's what it is about, having a good time playing some Keyforge. All right, Sheep, we are here. We're going to start with some uh, quick news for Keyforge this past week um, and two different pieces uh, that I want to get to. First, if you are not aware, KFPL monthly tournament we have coming up is on August 29th. That is a Sunday, so a little bit different from normal. Um, and this is going to be at 11 p.m. Eastern. And this, sorry, 11 a.m. Eastern, <laughs> which is 3 p.m. UTC plus zero time. Um, and this is the Oubliette format. So we'd actually tossed around. If you're not familiar, go check out. Uh, the link will be in show notes. But Oubliette, banning a house, submit two decks, and no banned houses may be played. So some strategy ahead of time, um, being able to go ahead and think, what house should you ban and what decks do you have to play outside of that? Yep. Uh, the Sanctimonious server has been leading a charge on doing Oubliette test uh, tournaments and a lot of thought stuff there. So if you're really interested in getting some more information about how people have been approaching it, that's a great place to go check it out. I know that I've also been bouncing around with a couple of the AC regulars. Uh, we've talked through some strategy. Um, I, I know there was a show idea for a little bit of us actually coming in. I don't know if we're going to get to this because this this event is coming up pretty quick on August 29th. But uh, definitely some thought process around what decks to bring and why to ban a specific house. Um, so I'm really curious to see how this, this one um, shapes up. And again, top two will earn a spot into KFPL Season 4. Top eight are earning cash prizing and uh, basically five-round Swiss. So awesome little events. If you haven't uh, participated in any of the KFPL uh, monthlies, definitely check it out. Any event that has some interesting format that's going to you know, make you think and maybe bring a deck that maybe you wouldn't bring to a different format, try to do well with that, that, I don't know, that's right up my alley. So I think should should be fun. I, I definitely concur with you, uh, Drascore. I like to see the different formats, and I believe this was uh, Lady Aurora created Oubliette, if I'm correct. And so I love to see that. I think fans... it was. No, I'm off. It, it wasn't Aurora. It was Karen. Okay, I, I apologize. I okay, I apologize, I yeah. Karen. But again, huge shout out then to Karen because I love the idea of thinking how can we take this deck that we've been playing, but how can we play it a little bit differently? Create just that slight little tweak, and all of a sudden, um, you know, you're, you're going to be seeing a different type of decks, different type of meta, and a different type of play. So I'm excited. Uh, the second piece that I had was just a shout-out for our AC Discord. We have an AMA. So asking anything is coming up. So if you are not a part of our AC Discord channel, hop on over there, join. Uh, we're always looking for anyone to be able to participate. And we actually have a little sub-thread where people can go ahead and list things that you would like the us podcasters to be able to talk about, share about our own life and experience with Keyforge or things that you're hoping for, for Keyforge and kind of what's in the future. Um, so right now that is live and we've gotten some great questions already. So as soon as it went up, we had people um, pushing questions out, but you know, we're always looking for more. So check out the AC discord. You, you could also tweet your questions at the Wookiee. Uh, he loves the tweety thing. So. <laughs> so that's another good way to reach us oh, yeah, I think uh, Cloggin submitted like half the questions and uh, there are a lot of questions so I'm not saying that there's a small number I think Cloggin submitted like 20 some questions 
Yeah, but even there, there was a lot of people who actually jumped on it right away. Now, Claudio, I give him props. He did go ahead and have a good chunk of questions, and we appreciate Got the conversation them. started. Yeah, but don't feel bad at like, oh, this is this question's out. Maybe you know, going ahead and thumbing it up. That, that helps us to know that this is of interest, and we saw some of that happening too. Yeah, definitely, definitely thumb the uh, question about Ewok's basement. Go, go check that out. It, it, it is, it is a question. I did have uh, two different locals go ahead. Well, not locals, but two different AC members go ahead and come on up when we we did Keyforge Live. So they they were able to see the Ewok shack and uh, they, they returned home. So I mean, that's always good news, right? They survived. Excellent. Yeah. No, no, it's a beautiful basement. All right, uh, tell me a little bit, since we're going to get into kind of knowing what happened, what have you guys been up to for Keyforge this week? Well, we've been uh, playing in the regular AC events, right? We had a sealed, we had Lokar sealed, and then, uh, yeah, my sealed. We had those events going on. Uh, I'm in KFPL Season 3, so I had to play a game for that. How did it go this week, Sheep? I, I got a win this week. I nice. got matched up against a person who was down to the last deck, so I only had to get one win. So I was able to do that. And then uh, there was a glut of cheap Keyforge decks coming out of Canada again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that has been showing up. So a lot of deck opening has been going on these past few days. <laughs> I got some new 84 SAS deck with like 24 F. It is just... Ooh. Silly, silly speed. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing if that that much F makes up for the mediocre creature and uh, Amber Control. I mean, those are both like eights, which are functional, but with 24 F, like you should just be able to go back to them whenever you want, right? So when you're looking at your F, what are you actually getting the speed from, the efficiency? In that deck, it is a bunch of drop hips and a Nell and I don't know bunch of stuff like that i i haven't really taken the time to look it over super close i know i asked about that but that's a really important piece i think that oftentimes players look at stats which is great but they're not critically analyzing and seeing where things are so i've seen certain cards will bump up uh efficiency or amber control it looks great and then you actually get into it and you're like well none of this is actually play amber control or none of it's scaling amber control and even the efficiency, it's like, well, I have to be able to have this reap effect, or I have to be able to cycle this card. Um, oh, yeah. So, so, yeah, on this deck that I'm talking about, it's called Helioborg, the Celebrity of Taxation. This is the deck I'm talking about. Great. And uh, <laughs> it has, like I'm saying, it's got an 8.7 creature control, but 2.1 of that comes from Barrister Joya. Mm. So that's not real, right? <laughs> like not not really so it is it is really it's got a standardized testing that it's gonna hope it carries on but yeah this stack is some drop pips an auto encoder a library card a causal loop and then it's got a qmec that's got double draw upgrades on it as well that's nice that's and it's nell with a z-force agent so it can draw a ton more cards there uh, you know, a Scrivener with some capture pips in the deck to maybe be able to recycle some stealing. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see if it plays anything near its number. 
Well, and if nothing else, it's at least a ton of fun to be able to play, and it should be extremely fast. Yeah, I should move a lot of cards. I may not do anything, but I'm <laughs> going to move a lot of cards. You are. I mean, it's it doesn't have a high ember control, but it it might have just enough to to go fast enough to slow down your opponent to get the win. So I, this is it's yeah, pretty nice. Like if the if the F is true and you can get some reuse out of the Scrivener, mm-hmm. it might you know definitely be enough. So although most of its amber control is stuck into one house, which is the worst house, Sanctum. <laughs> I mean, but not I, not the worst house. Uh, necessarily in the game but definitely the worst house in this deck but audience i think that's an important piece and we're talking stats you know amber control that's in all three houses is different from amber control in one focused house you can have the same numbers but being able to to evaluate truly evaluate what's in that deck i think helps to kind of raise the level from someone who is playing who's having fun uh, to competitive to that next level of competitive. So if you're searching, kind of take that extra time and really look a little bit deeper into the cards. That'd be my my my, my piece, my information for this week. Draskor, what have you been up to with Keyforge? Well, I have also I've been doing the same thing as she basically. <laughs> I've been playing in the uh, in the AC events, right? Which is a ton of fun. You know, definitely recommend people come out and join. Uh, you know, we've had a couple new people recently. Uh, it's been a lot of fun chatting with them and playing games and whatnot. And uh, and then I've also have well, right next to me here a big box O decks, and um, so there's still a bunch in there. I uh, like every time I walk by, I'll like open one or two, <laughs> and I'll check them out and whatnot. I haven't gotten anything uh, crazy good yet, um, but a lot of fun decks, right? Which is one of the reasons Mass Mutation is my favorite set, they're, I feel like it semi-consistently produces fun decks, even if they're not necessarily great decks. Like There's always something to enjoy in them and something to, to try to do. So it's been fun messing around with some of those and then you know, crossing my fingers, I'll get something amazing. I don't know. I've seen a lot of angry mobs and a lot of niffolates, <laughs> and the only thing fun to do with them is play Shredder. nice i'm gonna go ahead and bridge us over to our keyforge live event was focused on mm so i guess that was very fitting that you drascore absolutely rocked uh the events that were there (laughs) so before we get into uh the actual events from keyforge live can you tell us when and how did you get into keyforge oh uh sorry i so i bought decks a pair of decks like basically the day that it came out or the week of basically. So, and uh, not because I'm like a huge, you know, TCG guy or anything like that, but um, because I've been a big board gamer for a long time. And so I, you know, buy a lot of new board games or at least pre pandemic, I was buying a lot of new board games and stuff. And um so i read about all the new stuff that's coming out and i remember that um you know uh, this caught my eye because a couple reasons right hey richard garfield uh you know very very famous designer like a number of his games and uh you know i i have fond memory uh fond memories of playing magic but not fond memories of deck building 
Like I always remember just being like, Ugh, I don't want to build a deck. I just want to play. <laughs> <laughs> and when I read like, oh, you don't have to do that part, that caught my attention. Uh, and then when I heard you get algorithmically generated names printed on the deck, I was like, well, I'm in. I got to buy a pair of decks. <laughs> so, so I did. And um, I played like very casually for for quite a while. It wasn't um, I wasn't going to like serious events. I went to like my store a couple times, but um, the first event of like significance that I went to was the when Vault Tour came locally to Philadelphia for PAX U, and I I was going to go to PAX U anyway. So, so I had to attend, and that was really the first like seriously competitive event that I I had been to. Pax, that was uh, that was your first vault tour, yeah. That was my first vault tour, which was that... also sealed. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So it was all right. So this was, I guess, what late 2018, 2018, 2019? What would it have been twenty late twenty nineteen? It would have been right. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, not long before the before the pandemic. And so, uh, yeah, it was both the first they did a Archon event and then they did a um, they did a, a sealed event. So I was like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I came and um, I remember, uh, you know, not having played a lot of competitive stuff, but just playing a lot of like random decks. I. I'm, and listening to, I think the to the podcast that I was listening to at that point, really the the only one at that point was uh, I had found uh, Bouncing Death Quirk, and so I was listening to that, and um, I remember those guys talking about um, double speed sigil decks and whatnot, and um, I had I like got a speed sigil deck that I. I liked and um, like, you know, looking back, it wasn't like that, like great of a deck. Like it was like a 60 something probably now. Um, but I had a lot of like fun, interesting stuff that you could try to maximize your value with. Um, but I went up against like a whole bunch of strong decks and yeah. So didn't, didn't do that great. <laughs> right. Bouncing death Cork basically existed during Coda and just a touch of AOA. Right. When speed signal was, Potentially a good card to have as a, um, you know, in your deck, because you would likely be able to have better creatures than your opponent. Uh, they were out by the time Worlds Collide came around, which introduced Star Alliance and Saurians, mm. which then turned Speed Signal from being a awesome card to a horrible liability. Yes. Yeah. Right? So if if that was, uh, yeah, so I could see showing up at PAX, which was also one of the first real Worlds Collide mm-hmm. Archon mm-hmm. Um, events, <laughs> being being a rough, a rough, uh, yeah, a rough happening there. But that was, was that survival there or was that? That was, no, it was just, it was just Archon, uh, straight up Archon. Archon. And, um, Play. I, I actually I played against uh, Sydney there um, in that Archon event, so that's where I, I met her, and uh, just had a ton of fun talking to people and whatnot. Um, I think I went two and four, um, and I was like, "Well, yeah, let's play. Let's play the sealed thing, right? Like I like sealed. You know, I'd gone to the store, played sealed before, and um, 
I'm a business owning meal prepping 24-7 super mom. But who isn't nowadays? And for me, first day of school success begins at Office Depot Office Max, where everything my kids need to start the year strong is in one place, like a laptop for my high schooler, backpacks and notebooks for the little ones, and hand sanitizer for all of the above. I can even order things for my business. It's all available in-store and online at OfficeDepot.com and at low prices all season long. Office Depot Office Max, their business is to keep school going. I did pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody, everybody uh, can find out now why Z didn't show up tonight. He couldn't, he couldn't handle the embarrassment. <laughs> nope. Yeah. So Z and I faced off at the, the final table, and yes, I, I was, was this played the... well enough. Got lucky enough to to take it, him down. It was like the second World Collide sealed vault tour. Yeah. The first one right. was Indy. But you took it down with a Brobnar deck. Yeah, yeah. A, uh, I think but I it had a pretty nuts uh, star lines. Hold on, yeah. I'm joining late, yes. obviously. But <laughs> Z tells that story a lot differently. I'm just saying. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I am joining late to the party. I had some internet issues. But however, Z tells me the story of the sealed event was he had to catch a flight. Therefore, he had to bow out. Uh, so what you're telling me is there's not a shred of truth to that, huh? Now, Z no, got there, rolled there some truth. so hard the first game, he just packed his stuff up and said, I'm falling home. He may have also been rushing to reach a plane. Um, I like but... story one a lot better than story two. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> choose your own story. Uh. Like one of those choose-your-own-adventure books. Like, I like the story where Z just gets rolled and he cries and goes home a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Transcore, who who goes to his uh, first Vault Tour weekend and wins in Sealed, and then did you get to go to another Vault Tour? I went to Albany. Okay, um, so you're at Albany. Yep, yep. And so, you know. And I was, How was that for you? I was so at I Albany went, as well, but I don't really remember interacting with you there. No, no. So I didn't really. I had just started listening to Archon's Corner uh, by that point, right? So I, I think the best Z was podcast, like, should, by the way, exactly. The you guys should. Well, second best now, right? So, oh. uh, but <laughs> no, you guys are probably the best. So uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> the um, uh, so Z was like, you should listen to my podcast. So I was like, all right, I'll listen to your podcast. Um, and so now I'm like, okay, now, now, now I like the ideas in my head that I can, like, maybe I could, uh, play competitively, um, from like a Archon perspective, if I like focus a little more and like learn more how to play better decks, but I still don't want to spend a lot of money on expensive decks. So I start, uh, I had been buying stuff on the secondary market, but not like heavily, but I start leaning in more and trying to think more about what I'm going to play and whatnot. And um, so I, I think I bought a, a better lineup to, it was a survival, uh, three deck survival at Albany. Um, ended, go, ended up going three and three. So, so missed, uh, missed getting the top cut. Um, but uh, had a lot of fun there. Just, you know, playing with folks and, um, you know, uh, just, just having a good old time. Um, 
I think it's really I think it's really mm-hmm. interesting, Drascar, when you go back, you had talked about board games. And how many of us actually got into this game because of board games or maybe some connection with Magic long ago and to see how easily it has been for us to be able to transfer? I, I do see that piece. And I mm-hmm. also see, like, when you're talking kind of this Archon versus Sealed, you definitely seem to be a Sealed specialist. We're going to talk, again, a little more about that in a bit. But how some of these formats go ahead and seem to be a little bit easier for us to process kind of think about and we seem to do better in them so that's really interesting your thought you're like okay i got a couple more decks for archon but where you really excelled has been that sealed yeah well, yeah but I, you're so well so you went three and three there i also went three and three there it was a, it was a tough field that's what we'll say uh, <laughs> but then right then like life shuts down yep and we're rolling around and the next thing is live um a year later yeah Okay, so and you played in all the events there, and you you were really close to top cut in survival, weren't you? Uh, yeah, I was thirteenth overall in survival, um, which which was a lot better than I expected, right? Because um, I knew there was a lot of you know big players with big decks coming, and um, I I like my decks. Um, but I knew I was not bringing, you know, these were not decks that I had dropped a ton of money on, right? I had opened two of them and I bought the other one for $30, right? So it was an investment of 50 bucks <laughs> into these decks. Well, when you say you've opened a deck for $10, well, uh, yes, there, there is a bit of truth in that. <laughs> but when you go, but really, I bought $300 yeah. in sealed decks. And uh, uh-huh. that was the one that was worth talking about. Yes. Well, I, I mean that that may be the truth of my ten dollar decks, right? Yeah, I only paid you know actually like seven dollars for that deck because I get a heck of a price sometimes, and then uh, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. the, the real truth comes in. But I I may have bought you know five hundred decks. To this is fair. One. This is very fair. Um, but uh, but yeah, that that uh, you know that event went went well. I felt like I um um. I was, for the most part, able to do what I wanted to do with my decks. Um, my final deck, uh, the matchup, wa- wasn't great. Played against X-Ray, one of the uh, regulars um, on AC, and he he's very good. And he was playing his his favorite deck. And um, I had played it before, but I to- it was a while ago, and I totally did not remember what was in there. And then I'm looking at the deck list, and I'm thinking about my deck, and I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> I got a problem here. And yeah, he... He was able to, to to wipe the floor with me there, um, but uh, but yeah, then then went on to sealed, and did did pretty pretty well. <laughs> yeah, so, so you've you played in two what we'll call vault tour level sealed events, and you have a first and a second. Yeah, I'd say that's uh, <laughs> I don't think anybody can have a competing record with that unless they uh, played once, won, and quit, right? <laughs> That's, so, um, yeah, first yeah, and second in two sealed events. And like this second one, as we're about to get into your deck selection process in this sealed, like mm-hmm. the deck you played doesn't stand out as being a deck you would think was going to win this thing. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so, so I have the decks here. So, so I guess, yeah, I was looking at these decks, right? So, 
the deck I ended up picking, if you guys want to check it out, the, the Painter, the Erroneously Safeguarding, um, and all of its all of its 64 sass. Um, the, the two other decks that I had was uh, Landali, Town Representative, or Landly, Landlai, L-A-N-D-L-A-I, um, at 73, and then Xenelman of the Survivor's Knoll at 59. Okay, just as a reminder, everybody out there, if you want to see all these decks, they are all on a list on Archon's Corners um, Patreon. Patreon, free. You don't have to pay, but uh, you could go there and give us a few dollars to help pay for our hosting costs. That's great. We would appreciate that. But we do have this, all the decks from the Survival. Uh, there's there's a lot of information up there on our Patreon, so come check that out. All right, but so and we're talking about Patreon, Lay I recommend you do. <laughs> so yes. looking, looking at the three decks, I mean, Xenelman mm-hmm. kind of jumps out as the 59 is like, yeah, I'm not necessarily picking this up. It does actually come in with 16 printed amber, which is above the normal. But yeah. why, did, why did you drop that, or what, what was your thought process on your order? Well, so I, I, I grabbed the decks, right, and I, I, I scanned through them and, you know, pretty quickly realized none of these are killer decks, right? None of them are, are just going to go absolutely nuts. Um, I also noticed a couple things, right? I noticed that I, I, was, I was low C across all the decks, right? Not a single board clear, real board clear in any of the decks. And um, um, I guess, uh, well, Landelli had 12. Still, uh, I felt like it wasn't great C. Um, and and so I, I was worried, worried about that. Um, and I also saw I had no R uh, to speak of, no real hard R. And MM has some big artifacts, like some important artifacts. So, so that was a, I guess, a little concerning, or at least didn't didn't help guide me to a deck. Um, and I, I did sort of do like a rough calculation of what the SAS would be, and realized uh, Lindali was was higher than Painter. Though actually, I didn't think there was quite as much of a spread as there turned out to be, and I knew that. Xenelman was was low, um, but but I don't you know especially in sealed you don't necessarily just want to go straight for the numbers even Archon you don't want to go straight for the numbers but I think it's it's good to to have a sense of that. Um, I did like I said I I briefly thought about I was like well are the sixteen let me think about the the low one here are the sixteen pips like enough where I'd want to do something interesting here and it was just. Yeah, I'm looking at it here. Yeah, there's just too much stuff in here that didn't seem to mesh well together, right? Double pterodactyl with double fangs at Gizzleheart, and like there was just stuff that seemed to not work well together. So I pretty quickly um, ruled that out. Um, but I had it was it was a much tougher choice between Landali and Painter. Um, you know, I did see so Painter caught my attention because it had the only scaling ember, right? It has an effervescent principle. Right, and that's a that is a very useful tool in any format, but you know, it's especially in mass mutation, there's not a lot of it, so having that is is a useful tool because there you know, I assume there'd be some some good amount of not maybe not a lot of, of rush out there, but there'd be I probably come up against at least one 
big rush deck, right? So having that in your tool bag is is pretty handy. Um, I remember not, yeah, I didn't love the Star Alliance lineup in uh, Landalai. Um, it just didn't feel like it was super cohesive, right? Like, so one of the things that I like to do when I'm looking at the decks for sealed is think about each house independently. Um, I think I learned this trick from Jupiter actually. Um, but, um, and just think about like, okay, if I have to call this house, how many situations can I handle? And I, I just didn't love the star Alliance from that perspective. Um, even though it's got some good cards in it, I, I just felt like I was, I was going to get behind if I ended up having to, um, play too much of that. So that was a little bit of a knock against Lindali. But Lindali also has the Lord Invidious. Um, and that can be a killer from a uh, sealed perspective, right? You can just win games with, with Lord Invidious. So um, Plus Infernus is a very useful tool. Um, both decks have protection, like taunt and stuff, which I think is... M- more important in sealed, I think, than um, Archon because you, your opponents are going to be less less likely to have the best uh, creature removal um, actions and whatnot. So they're going to probably need to fight more often in sealed than in uh, Archon on average. So, um, but they both had had some measure of that. I think when I really started digging into painter though i started to see types of stuff i like right i started to see lots of like little things that i could put together to gain an advantage right so you've got you got the cleansing wave here with lots of big bodies right and you know sanctum's guys got armor you can fight into bigger things also keep keep them alive and then you can you can get a big cleansing wave playoff. And I I was able to do that a a bunch of times. Um, You've got the, I I really like Baldrick the Bold, um, especially in in, in Sealed, right? Um, uh, Right before fight, if the creature Baldrick the Bold fights, is the most powerful enemy creature gain two. So it's like, in Sealed, it's great to like both fight and maybe kill something um, and also gain Ember for at the same time. Plus you got Grey Rider and you've got Smite here to... To, to make that all happen more often. So that's pretty cool. Um, and um, and then, right, with Sanctum, you've got Saurian, right? And and Sanctum Saurian can be a real good pairing in Mass Mutation. And here, I think they are, right? So you've got... Um, um, right, so you got Faust, right? But then you've also got all the capture on both sides, right? Ways to get Ember on your dudes on both sides, right? You've got the Lieutenant Garvinal on the Sanctum side. You've got the double Theos and Turians on the, the Saurian side. Um, and so there's 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 lots of good things there. Uh, you also have the Neotaurus, which is just a... That's a real good card to, to mess with your opponent. Um, and if you can protect him then um, you can you can put your opponent in a bad spot. And I was able to do that a couple times. Uh, and, and so there was a couple games where Neotaurus, I think, helped me, helped me win. Um, and then there's the Exile, which actually has a capture pip on it, which is kind of fun. <laughs> um, 
and there's there's like good ways to get a bunch of amber on folks right so a couple times i was able to just load up you know bunch of saurian guys fight capture everything onto lieutenant governor and then exile him and you know final fight to kill him right and and stuff stuff like that was uh was useful or or you put a whole bunch of ember on one of your mutants you exile it and then you use gizelhart's wrath which is normally not great and i actually didn't love it here initially because uh eight eight mutants which is Maybe a little higher than average, but um, but without real board clears, it can be useful. And if I can use it to better advantage with my exile, then um, then that okay, I've taken a mediocre card and now I've made it stronger. Yeah, right? it's kind of interesting that your eight mutants, none of them are creatures that are gonna by nature have amber on them, mm-hmm. so you can afford to lose them a little more. Yep, which is. Um, helpful to play it. It also means it's a little trickier to to get the Gizlart's Wrath to then kill your um uh to, to kill the guy you exile, but um but sometimes I'll stay able to like put stuff on Dark Centurion um um with because uh, I do have the um Center Quintina and whatnot. See here I'm thinking it's the Q Max because he's just so easy to kill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um I don't know that I ever exiled the Qmec because I so I didn't call Logos that much, um, like so so there's a bunch of like important stuff in Logos, right? So you've got the Logos speed to to pick stuff up, right? You've got the double eclectic inquiry, um, you've got the effervescent principle when you need it, the standardized testing um, occasionally was was pretty useful, um, and you know some some decent not outstanding um, Logos creatures. I actually valued the autoencoder quite a bit when I was selecting this deck, um, but I actually ended up not using it that much. I, I very often found that it was seemed to be more valuable to play the card as opposed to discard it, except for like Senator Quintina. I think I discarded her quite a bit, unless I was pretty close to doing the exile trick. Um, but I guess in general, I was looking at this and I, I felt like there's, there's enough here that if I, if I hold the board, right. So if I get behind on board, cause I got no clear, like then I'm probably screwed. But if I can hold the board, I've got ways to fight and get advantage, right. Through things like Baldric the Bold and the, the Theocenturians to take them off check and then cleansing wave and stuff. So I can fight and still do Okay. CSX, a growing Fortune 500 transportation and logistics company, has immediate openings for freight train conductors in Atlanta and surrounding areas. If you are looking for a rewarding career with paid training, competitive benefits, and you share a passion for great service, apply today at csx.com careers. That's csx.com careers. CSX, committed to supporting military and veteran families and their communities. CSX is an equal opportunity, affirmative action employer that supports diversity in the work place. 
I'm a business owning meal prepping 24-7 super mom. But who isn't nowadays? And for me, first day of school success begins at Office Depot Office Max, where everything my kids need to start the year strong is in one place, like a laptop for my high schooler, backpacks and notebooks for the little ones, and hand sanitizer for all of the above. I can even order things for my business. It's all available in-store and online at officedepot.com and at low prices all season long. Office Depot Office Max, their business is to keep school going. Um, and if I take a couple key moments to reap, right, because I only got 15 expected ember, um, then then I could be okay, right? And I could be okay holding some cards a little more, holding the Cleansing Wave, holding the Exile, and just going back into the house that I just called to maximize the advantage of, of that card. Um, and... And it worked out. <laughs> it worked pretty well. So uh, I was I, I was happy. I was like nervous a little bit that I was like, I, I'm not going with what the magical algorithm says I should do. But I, I felt I felt like I could maximize the value of Painter more than uh, Lindali. Yeah, I keep looking at Lindali because it is almost 10 of those magical sass points higher. Mm hmm. Um, although in base arc score, right, which there's still a lot of people who think arc is really the number to start from, that they're a mm-hmm. 58 on painter versus a 61 on uh, land or land dolly, whatever you want to call that one. So they're really pretty close there, and it just has a lot more synergy. I guess the other thing, when you're looking stat wise, they're, they're actually really similar core stats. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, within just a couple of points on all of their stats. But the big difference, I think, is actually the efficiency because eclectic inquiries are real efficiency. And even one or two auto encoder uses is something where your other one, it's primary. This this Landali deck, it's primary efficiency is coming from a Nell and a Kirby yep. with nothing to set those two cards up. Right. Yeah. So like I, I know I've played several Nell decks where I'm like, this Nell is going to be awesome. And then you either get <laughs> yeah. your Nell with no upgrades or you get all, you know, and it comes at the end of the deck and all your upgrades are out. And like if they don't come together, Nell doesn't really do that much. Right. So the F is not as as real in. In Landali as it is in Painter, and that's going to be yeah. a significant difference to get into something and having that effort present effervescent principle or being able to combine smite with Baldrick the bold, uh, you know, having that real F it's going to be a big yep. difference. Cause straight when I was just looking at these two decks, I still, my brain still puts me on Landali Cause I see like the potential to have a double gray rider turn. Uh-huh. I see the potential of the Lord invidious. Uh-huh. My brain still tells me Nell is a good card <laughs> without other F to make it happen. Yeah. Um, Although you're you're probably right, it is not, or you know, I I think your choice is probably the better of these two. But I still, I still see a lot of stuff in Landali that probably would have put me over there and probably left me at four two. <laughs> I mean, it's it's got a lot of stuff to like, right? It's got the Mark of Dis, right? It's got uh, the Double Drecker, the Infernus. Um, uh, yeah, Infernus Snudge, like that's yep, a dream you always want to live. Yep. It's got, uh, they both have the Ardent Heroes, which, by the way, I think is uh, maybe undervalued in Sealed. Like, MM-only Sealed Ardent Hero is 
is a hero. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good card. Um, um, double Grey Rider, though not necessarily great ways to set it up. Um, um, yeah, you but, basically have to be doing your own smite and hoping that gets you there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Vault Keeper? I, Vault Keeper's interesting. I don't know if I... I feel like in Archon, it's a little more valuable because you're you're more likely to run up against Crazy Steel, whereas is here in Sealed, you're less likely. Yeah, um, but I think in Sealed, because there are less, like you're saying, in a deck like this one we're looking at, which has got a Lorena and a hero, mm-hmm. um, it's easier to protect the Vault Keeper. They're less likely to be able to answer it, and they're probably counting on their smaller number of Steel for a lot more in that game. Yeah. Could be where I think it could come out bigger, but that's could hard be. to say too. Yeah, yeah. See, what's what's really interesting to me is Painter. While it does not have the stats, and they're very, very, very similar, even in size of the board, ain't printed amber. See, that's actually one of the big stats I was looking at. Um, Painter for stats on Dexky Forge says it's a one thirteen board. Mm-hmm. And then over here in Londali, it says it's a one oh nine board. And you're just like, but why? And when yeah. I look at the stat. It has a potion of invulnerability that is giving it 13 of those points. So like 10% of its points are coming from a one-use potion of invulnerability. So I think that board is going to play much closer to, you know, a 90 or even 85 value than the 109 that it's claiming. I I don't know how that number works out, but that's kind of wonky. Yeah, that's interesting. I never actually hovered on it. It was when I remember after the event looking at the at the SAS scores and being surprised that they were so close in, in the P. Um, but I was doing it on my phone, so I wasn't hovering and I was like, I didn't, when I did my back of the napkin math, I had rated painter much higher on, on the P and I think that's right. Like, yeah, you're probably going to, you'll, you may have a crazy potion of a vulnerability turn with, you know, smiting with, uh, you know, something Double gray out, riders. Of, out of how, yeah, like, like that could happen. But I, there's just so much better consistency in Painter, um, unless you get outboarded. If you get outboarded, which which did happen once um, <laughs> against the top seed, <laughs> uh, then it doesn't go well. Then you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. But none of your decks had that board control. Like they didn't have a board wipe, and so you were dealing with what you had. Mm-hmm. I mean, even looking at your expected amber in control, I think EP well, effervescent principle is extremely important here. But nine sanctum creatures and then the cleansing wave, those are mm-hmm. substantial bodies that you really have to be able to respond with. And okay, I throw out three of them. Okay, you're not doing something. I can reap, I can fight, I can do a lot with it, and then I throw out another two. And with the Sanctum Saurian duo, that's extremely strong that a lot of people miss. To be fair, Painter does have a pseudo board clear in Gizzleheart's Wrath. Pseudo. Pseudo. Yeah, I mean, it's not, you have what, four mutant, one, two, three, four, eight eight mutants? Yeah, Yeah, so it's quite a few. Oh, Scriver, I didn't count Scriver, Fabian. But, okay, uh, well, I think we've looked at the decks here enough, right? So we kind of <laughs> got an idea why you went with Painter. Mm-hmm. Um, I can I can see your reasoning. I still question it, but uh, <laughs> thankfully you didn't have to go to the end of the event and then look at your decks and be like, oh, I didn't pick my highest sass. What was I doing? This, uh, this is why Drazcore doesn't suck at keeping. Yes, that's yeah, right. why we do. 
because we, we, you and I both know we're picking what is it, Land Landalai, and yeah, just go and hope we're going like, two. look at the things that are in here. It should be good. I mean, I at I once at a vault tour did not pick my highest S stack, and it was the right decision. It was still real bad, but I think it brought me to my three three instead of the two four I would have got otherwise. But I think that's the big piece here is don't look at what can be like one turn plays. Look at what can provide consistency. Yeah, Lord and Venus can be a phenomenal game changing card and you get quite a bit of points from it. Infernus has an impact. But if Lord and Vidius doesn't show up early on or right yeah, it's, after it's board a pretty wipe, dead card, it's a pretty dead card. And so like. Oftentimes we're playing for what we see as SAS is highly valued or we see this potential on the one term. But if you have no logos to set it up or any way to be able to have this turn actually go off with Nell, well, frankly, it's not it's overvalued in the deck. I'd much rather have a deck that has a higher potential in what it can do and scored lower than the opposite. That's just you what know, I am. You know what you just said? Don't go JR, for the fancy play. You just said don't go for the fashion play. Go for consistency. <laughs> that is but, one reason we all suck at Q4. Fashion, flashy plays. Correct. But look at how many people, even coming to Chainbound, they, they bring out that that big SAS score deck. and Or they're just bringing out a deck that's, they're like, oh, it's got some really cool cards. Well, yeah, but what is it really doing? I think, Dryscore, you did a phenomenal job at breaking down why it's better to look at some plays that are more consistent. I think that in Sealed, Cleansing Wave has a ton of power. And that deck that you played with Painter really did not have a ton of expected amber or printed amber. And so for you to be able to see, well, Cleansing Wave can just provide a, a amber burst. That's huge. Exile can provide an amber burst, and it's a way for me to get rid of this the amber that I've been collecting from capture from Saurian and Sanctum. I mean, so thinking a little bit more than just what numbers are necessarily showing, but how does that deck really play? How can it come together? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and and get a sense for how are you going to play into each of the houses and is this a house I'm going to want to come back to or is it a house that I only want to play every so often and try to figure out when like when is it okay to hold stuff um, is is I think part of the big trick right and here it was okay to hold exile it was okay to hold cleansing wave and try to make uh to to make those big plays happen when you were looking at your three decks did you think about you know our podcast that had run through what we're expecting for sealed or what you would expect to see from mm sealed what was your thought Hmm. process there um yeah so so i glanced at the questions before like five minutes before we started um and i was trying to reflect back and i i think i remember um i remember thinking that People were going to pick logos. People were going to pick dis, and um, uh, and they did right. And I, as I was looking at my decks, right, and thinking about deploying a big board, right, I was thinking that people might undervalue their own big board option um, because we're playing so much Archon online with you know crazy awesome decks and with the best tricks right? As opposed to, you know, the less good tricks. And 
you, you can get away a lot of times with with a lot less of a of a big board, right? In in those sorts of decks. So, um, I thought I, that gave me a better chance to survive with a big board strategy. Um, <clears throat> though I certainly wasn't confident in that because um, there's certainly you can certainly have big disc lineups and big logos lineups. So, um, but I didn't face that many. Um, but did just the one that was what was real big. Um, I also remember, you know, I uh, I s- also thought I would end up come up against some crazy artifact decks. Like um, somebody's going to open crazy Dav deck, M4 deck. Like somebody's going to, you know, get some awesome, you know library card auto encoder or something or other um and and then um uh, i thought i'd you know people would see something that just looked fast and play that um which was a little bit of but actually i felt like i i don't know if it was just the matchups but i felt like i came up against a lot less uh untamed than i expected uh, until the end, which is how I lost. Um, <laughs> but um, I didn't. I don't know if it was just matchups. I didn't see a huge amount of untamed. Uh, I, I did. I did face one big burst deck, um, and, and managed to. I might have been down like two keys to. I don't know if it was two to zero where I actually had my first key when she was getting way up there. But um, I think it was like top eight match. She was. She was very good. Um, and I just managed to hang on with um, all my capture and and all that fun stuff and do enough tricks t- to win. But um, I don't. Know, I, I think these were these were some of the stuff that I was thinking about, worried about how it would how it would match up against them, um, and um, you know, lo- looking for things like the ardent hero and stuff like that that I felt like would maybe give me an advantage. Okay, so some questions here because I got my numbers in front of me. What what do you think was the most, uh, the highest count card in selected sealed decks? In selected, right? Yes. So, so from the from all the sealed decks that were selected, which I only actually have seventy one of them that are scanned in. I think. Right. Okay. Do we all, do we all get to play the game? You, if, if you're <laughs> not we just go with the, the turn staff, again. <laughs> Yeah, I want, I want to play the game. All right, but I'm going to let Travis card go up first so he can take away a card. So, so he wants to go with Infernus. Infernus. What do you got, Wookie? I was going to say... I was going to say Infernus. Um, <laughs> I know, you took my card. Uh, it's like in school. Like, damn, you took my number. Um, I'm going to the most... Plan- my assumption it was a, it would be one of those... Bot, but uh, One of those bots, but I'm going to... Oh, no, those are really uncommon. Definitely not gonna be any of those. All right. Well, um, bot booked That's probably not correct. Ewok, you wanna hazard a quick guess? Well, I, I remember that we saw a ton of sanctum, so I really do feel like I should throw out something like aren't here. But honestly, I didn't see a ton of people playing it, so I'm gonna go ahead and go over with auto encoder. I think that people valued auto encoder. <laughs> that was my other one. And, and uh, I'm go yeah, you see, that's only. That's a one of, so that wasn't going to make this. Okay, so here's the thing. There were, out of the houses, 39 was the highest at dis, and then 35 at untamed. Oh. 
Okay. Really? So must have been just my matchups then. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So maybe all those untamed guys were at the bottom of the pile. Who knows? Mm. But the number one card at 33, 33 copies in the field was Niffle Ape. Ah, Niffle Ape, you bum. Uh, and, and Ewok, you should have went with your gut. Ardent Hero was number two at 28. Ooh. Oh, interesting. Okay. And then it was Citizen Shrix at 26. Uh-huh. 25 Pismires in the field. Okay. Nice. 24 Alices, 23 Inspectors, and 23 Infernaces. Okay. And then we go to Octavia at 21, and Cinder at 21, and Dark Minion at 21, Lost Where's, in the uh, Woods 21, Where's Marcus? Grave. Not on page one. Hmm. It, so, Mark of. And that's interesting with the common component. Yeah. Hmm. I get Nin- 19 Mark of Disses in the field. Okay. And so, you, okay. there was a higher there, number. So there was not a top. There was a deck in the field that you didn't have to face. Um, that was Double Fangtooth Auto Encoder. Mm, okay. Sounds like my kind of deck. Yeah, that, that is definitely my kind of deck. Like, I saw that when I was scanning things, and uh, I've, I've already been like, do you want to sell it? <laughs> <laughs> and the answer was? Uh, I, I, a resounding uh, no. Oh, did you did you find it? What was the SAS of it? It's an 87. It's one of oh, the is two, it higher? Okay. It's one of the two highest SAS stacks in the field. They are both untamed. They both have disc. They both have untamed. One has Sanctum, and the other one has the Logos. I, I will say, since we are talking decks, and I was walking around, I know we're going off questions here. Uh, there was a double Ultra Gravitron deck yeah, that I that saw. That was clogging. Yep there were there were multiple decks that had uh, sins. There were two very very solid decks with uh, sins that I saw um, that were played. There was a very 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 nice Dav deck. I want to say there was actually a double Dav deck that was out there. Um, yeah, yeah, that was uh, Hiram Graph. He's Graf. a local too. Yep. Yep. So to be to be able to see and like just walking around, that was kind of exciting. I, I couldn't really show that excitement, and yeah, wasn't living, my purpose. But living through other people's deck polls, right? That's what we yeah. were doing that weekend. <laughs> but it was uh-huh. it was interesting to see what was there. But again, you had so many decks, but it ends up not with these ridiculous polls but a very consistent piece that you can play game in, game out, and be able to pull that advantage. Is there any uh, key matchups? I know that you said a couple of things that have kind of stood out, but are there any memorable plays or key matchups that you remember from the tournament? Um, so so that I did mention the the big rush one. Um, the I remember the one I got stomped, which was the um, big board just a huge board deck with uh, with triple mark of discs, I think it was, and just um, outboarded me and wouldn't let me call the house I wanted. And uh, that was that was my that was my loss. He was the top seed um, going into um, into day two. I was like, please, somebody beat him because I don't think I have the tools to do so. <laughs> and somebody did. So, yay. <laughs> um. um I remember, so <laughs> I remember, uh, so I played against uh, Nathan and uh, Corathan, and um, we we were talking about one turn after the game because, um, like, I went and I played Sanctum and I threw down a bunch of dudes, 
and uh, he goes and calls um, Star Alliance and um, hits me with the red alert, like just enough to damage like all my dudes, and um, uh, and then like throws the turn back to me, and he he has sanctum right, so he's looks like he's setting up for a cleansing wave. Well, so I had the previous turn, I had thrown down a whole bunch of dudes. And I had like one guy damaged or something. I had I had cleansing wave in my hand, but part of what I want to do with this deck is I want to generate scenarios where I can go back into the house to try to to reap, and and or fight and and uh, you know get um, keep my board advantage. So he <laughs> he sort of set it up for me for the for for the cleansing wave, which which was uh, you know just. Was able to play it and then and then just just get ahead with uh, f- fighting and reaping there and um, I think I just reaped it out because I maybe because I assumed he had a cleansing wave um, and that was that was like a huge huge play and uh, so we were chatting about it after the game and and uh, whatnot um, so that was a big um, that was a big one. Um, and then obviously the final game, which um, you can you can go onto the stream and and watch. Wiki uh, put that up on. I don't know if that one was Twitch or YouTube, but uh, I think it was Twitch. Um, and it was it was just such a great game. It was such a back and forth. Uh, Jay's a great player, and um, it there was there was moments where I was like, uh oh, I don't know how I'm gonna pull out of this, and I'd figure a way out of it. And then I was like, oh, I'm gonna be able to. I remember at one point I had five Ember on a protected um, uh, Lieutenant Governor, and I was going to go back into exile and put even more on him and throw him over to Jay, and that was going to be that was going to be a huge a huge blow. But he, I think he sniffed it out, <laughs> or you know, took took out uh, took out Governor before I could could make that move, and then. Um, we were we were just in so deep when they call when when time was called both of us looked at each other like super surprised like we had no idea <laughs> it was that close to the end um, and um, and so uh, you know I it, it was it was called on me right and um, so I was just looking at the board and like all right I got just I get as much as I can so I burst up and I I'm, I'm pretty high and I'm looking I'm like I. I think there's a reasonable chance that he can't get more than me. I don't know that, but I, I feel decently good. And I'm, you know, he's looking at his cards, and I'm watching his face. And I'm starting to feel better and better. And then he goes, "Ooh, you're not gonna like this," or something like that. I was like, "Uh oh." <laughs> and he he is able to um, regrowth or um, resurgence his key frog and his dino beast and get play some other stuff just to get to six and then uh dino beast exalt kill the key frog to to win and uh it was ah, it was it was, it, it was a really good play I, I gotta hand it to him and uh just a great great game hey it's better than we thought it was gonna end because we're all thinking it's gonna end in a tie and now we're going to time we're going to time rules and we're like son of a guy it's gonna be uh who went first Right. Congratulations. Yeah. That that was our biggest fear when we're all sitting there at the board. I'm like, if this goes to a who went first, I'm out. Like, I didn't so, have anything to do with this event. Uh. Is that how? That's how one of the uh, reversal games finished. Yeah. 
my, so, my so final one. Yeah, I was gonna say. So we're we're already getting a little lengthy on time. So just yeah. give us a quick uh, a quick review of how you got suckered into playing in the teams. So um, so I didn't have a team going in, but I'd already I'd already signed up, and I was like, oh, I'll figure out when I you know get closer. Um, you know, I was more focused definitely on the, the sealed and archon stuff. And so my buddy X Ray was like, hey, you know, Nathan and I need another guy. Like, do you wanna do you wanna be the guy? And um I was like, all right. And um so I ended up playing reversal. There was actually a point where I was gonna play the adaptive, but then I was kinda um <laughs> tired <laughs> from just the, the massive uh sealed uh final. And so I was like, I'll just take reversal. And uh, it was, uh, and all those games, of course, went to time. And uh, X Ray was like, I feel so bad that you took, <laughs> you took reversal. I think, I think one didn't, but it was, uh, um, yeah, sheep. That deck, that because uh, that was your deck, right? That was a that was yeah, a that's stinky, my reversal deck. Reversal deck. Oh, whew. and um, it uh, yeah, it, um, the final. So we we did real well. Got our way to the final match. Um, final, final match. I, you know, both other guys have finished, and it's it's down to us. I think it, it was one one too, right? So it was on you. One one. On yeah, and game. and we both had massive boards, but couldn't couldn't really make a key. And uh, so I ended up. I think I ended up uh, at time. I ended up going and just like reaping a ton, right? And and knowing he's going to be able to pull me down a bunch uh but not knowing he's got a, a number of vescent principles in his hand not realizing he had all three uh in his hand and he pulled me all the way down and like reap once or twice and we we tied uh on what's a time tied on ember um uh then you know reveal hand pips plus board tied there and so we had to go to who was the first player, and it was it was me. So, so, so we won the team event because uh, because I was first player. And this Z is why <laughs> players do not like reversal. Yeah, well, when Draskor's handing off my reversal deck, which is a it's triple effervescent principle, like quad phosphorus stars oh, disaster. Oh, yes, it's, it is it's, just. So, uh, point so, nine expected amber. It's it's yes. just it's just poop. Yeah, you only <laughs> got to go through the deck eighteen times to make a key. <laughs> yeah, and, I, I, and to, to be fair, reversal is a fantastic format, Jr. Um, it like this this scenario you know, was an oddball scenario. The Wookiee off. For, so no. right there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love reversal. reversal like thing. crap decks are great. Um, I think there's a better option now for reversal than there was before. But we'll get into that another time. Yeah. Well, we, actually, we already reversal got into is that. super yeah. slow. But yeah, so uh, X Ray found a reversal deck that he's like, ah, oh, I want to try it against yours. He made me play my, you know, my reversal with my deck. And He's I think no we're at Keyforge anymore now. As a we're, we're at forty-five minutes, oh. thirty-two turns, and uh, he still didn't have a key. And I think I just managed to forge a second. Like, oh god! I was like, it's like after like ten minutes, I'm like, can we just quit? This game's gonna be so awful. And yeah, no, he kept making me play. And like forty minutes in, thirty-two turns, and there, there's been 
hardly two keys forged. It was is brutal. No, I've played in the high sass reversal formats, and I think those are actually pretty good. Yeah, high sass or uh, something like a much more casual, even like sealed reversal is kind of interesting. I don't, I don't yeah. know that I love it, uh, but but it it's fun change up. When like I don't mind handing off a bad deck, but you know, or playing with a bad deck, but it's it's bad when it's something like that and it just grinds the game down to nothing forever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I, I know that you had talked we actually didn't have a ton of uh games that had gone to time but what did you think about how we ran uh ac live with uh end of time rules compared to the vault tours yeah so well the one thing that you guys did right because the the actual end time rules were identical right to, to the vault tour um but what you guys did is you did not post a um uh, a clock so i really like that I think that um, it just, you know, as much as you can, took away people's temptation to stare at the clock and to um, play with with the clock in that way and really try hard to, to, you know, get the game to end on your opponent's turn, right? To just scratch your head for a moment, scratch your head for another moment, do a few things, and then pass with, you know, three seconds left. <laughs> I, I think um, that Duncan did a really, really, really nice job yeah. as head judge. He announced we're in Keyforge. This is a game where you want to race to get yep. to three keys. And so by stating that, by going ahead, he did give an announcement of here's 20 minutes left, but people were not checking their watches. They were not mm-hmm. looking around. There was no other time in, um, in our facility or in the room. I saw people just playing the game versus honestly, I've been at other vault tours and they're staring at the time. One person staring at it and one person isn't. I have people who will go ahead, as you said, twiddle their, their hair for just a second. So I thought that was honestly a really, really nice change. We just played and you went for the win and people were not, honestly, everyone knew about it ahead of time. We had very, very, very few games that had major issues. A couple did go to time as any major tournament does, but there was no major complaining and people were really, really good about it. So, yeah. Hey, JR, can you show us what twiddling your hair looks like? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, your seven hairs. How do you twiddle seven (laughs) hairs? Hey, we are down to five now. (laughs) I just just wanted to know what what twiddling your hair looks like. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I have I have two beautiful so girls you, and a wife. Just, they have hair enough hair for me in this house. Uh, I was gonna say you there just you twit now because you don't even enough have enough hairs to twiddle. Just twid your hair. <laughs> just twid. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I I like that as well. The the I call it uh, the Dana White mentality. Right. Don't let it go to the to the judges. No, because nobody knock, honestly knock no him one out. Wants to win on that. Right. Well, not you know, knock him out. And put him put him on his ass and win the game. You're here to win a game, not you know. Don't put it in the hands of the. That's what I see going to time as, right? You you put it in the hand of the judges and they don't see what happens. You know, you, you didn't. You know, and we've all had that person. So, I'm not going to say any more on it. Continue. All right, you uh, you got anything else you'd like to say, Drascor? Uh, you got anything you want to plug? That you haven't already plugged or plugged? Uh, again? I mean, just like I mentioned, um, one of the co-hosts on the. Um, KFPL Weekly Podcast, so come come Which check us out. Now going to be called Drascore Teaches. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll we'll 
we'll have a we'll have a good name. We're, we've got a whole bunch of of ideas, so we'll we will uh, finalize and then reveal the the new name for our podcast. So I think it'll be good. Well, I'll be uh, I'll be looking forward to listening to future uh, insights from you and Jupiter. So I will be listening when that comes along. I'll tell you, I listen, and I do appreciate all of our content creators that are out there. Um, we cannot thank you enough. Um, so the, the list is there from YouTube to podcasting uh, to going ahead and being on uh, Twitch. Please support those people who are creating content. So huge shout out there. Hey, anything else we're going into? I know I came in. Well, a bit I, late. And yeah, I, will. I, I think that we need to go ahead and actually wrap up. So one of the things we we at AC do not do the best job at providing our information. Um, how can you go ahead and get a hold of us, Wookie? Where, where, where you found it? Well, there's many different ways, guys. You can go on to Twitter at Archon's Corner, Facebook at Archon's Corner. You can go to Patreon if you guys want to help us out. We will be again. I've said this a few times, but I think actually now we're, we're actually getting into it. We'll be changing a lot of the Patreon stuff. So that's patreon.com. Uh, Archon's Corner. Dan does his weekly things, which I'll talk to him shortly about over on what is your Twitch, Dan? Twitch.tv forward slash Dr. Sheep 422. That's it. I got it. All right. And then you can find us over on, you know what? I don't even know where we sell t-shirts. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, we have a t-shirt site. I don't even know what site we use. Spreadshirt. We use Spreadshirt. Spreadshirt.com slash Archon's Corner. See, we're so bad at it, I don't even know what sites we use. But They're I, nice I, shirts. I have purchased a few of them uh, and uh, wore them to uh, Keyforge Live. You did. They were good. Yeah. Draw better. So... I think we need a list of all the things we do because we actually have a decently long list of like things that are out there for us that I don't know all of them, to well, be honest with you. And, and that's why I started to go ahead and list. We have not done a great job at plugging our inf- information. You're going to see we us actually really bad at it. Yeah, but <laughs> we put incredibly ta- bad at it. We put the time into our own discord. So it is a very, very active discord. If you want to be able to join, if you want to talk shop about Keyforge, hey, I found this deck or you want to be able to play games. All of that is possible by uh, joining Archon's Corner Discord, and I highly recommend it. We have people of all different skill ranges, from beginner to kind of more Voltour, um, you know. But it's a fun dynamic. It's not people coming out that's cutthroat of, oh, this is what's you know, I, I'm going to grind out this win, and, and it's just painful. It's people laughing and giggling and enjoying the game, and that's what Keyforge should be. So we put that out I, honestly on YouTube. Go ahead and actually give us a like, give us a thumb up. We haven't done any of that in a while, so we could use others. You know, if if you know a friend that's by you that plays Keyforger is interested, maybe maybe they're another card game player or board game player, like we we're talking about earlier, and you might be that connection. Tell them about our podcast. Tell them about Discord. Come out and have some fun. Um, that's that's really what this community is all about. Well, I suppose with that being said, we're going to wrap it up. Big thank you to Drazcore for being on. Yeah, and a uh, big thank you to uh, Dr. Sheep and Ewok for, for taking the reins. Um, I don't know why Z's not here. He's not here for some reason, but he's he we knew ahead of time that he was actually with family. Um, so congratulations, little Z. I know you're working with band today. So uh, Ooh, yeah. big, big Z's on some some travel uh, 
providing transportation to and from. But he, he ditched spending time with Drascor again because of travel reasons. Well, I mean, this sounds like a reoccurring excuse. <laughs> I just love the fact that I've now heard the second half to that story because he tells it so much differently than Drascor does. And uh, well, well, hold on. This, this is how Sheep told the story. <laughs> well, I only I only tell facts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. But that's going to do it for us this week, guys. Thank you so much. We'll see y'all next week. You've been thinking about getting LASIK. You've been talking about getting LASIK. And now it's finally time to get LASIK. LASIK Plus is offering $1,000 off LASIK. That's $500 off per eye. Visit MyLASIKOffer.com. But hurry, you must be treated in September to receive your discount off LASIK. Must mention this promotion and be treated in September of 2021 to qualify. $1,000 off both eyes on standard wavelight price. $500 off for one eye. Cannot be combined with any other offers. See details at MyLASIKOffer.com. CSX Transportation is an industry leader on the move. The railroad company has immediate openings for freight train conductors in Atlanta and surrounding areas. Start a rewarding career today, helping CSX deliver essential goods to communities across America. If you're safety-focused with a passion for great service, you've got what it takes to move your career forward at CSX. Apply at CSX.com careers. That's CSX.com careers. CSX is an equal opportunity affirmative action employer. No degree is required for conductor roles. Paid training is provided. episode please leave us a review on itunes Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so.
Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.